These guys know more than your favorite team's general manager. These are the Armchair Athletes, hosted by Taylor, Terrell, and Clayton. The best place to get your craving for all the top sports. Only on CMRU.ca. Buy students for you. How is it going, folks? It's the early morning edition of the Armchair Athletes here. Uh, I'm Terrell. Clayton. Will. And Taylor will be here at some point, and we are joined by a very special guest. Hi, I'm uh, Truman Bartman. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of <laughs> I've been, almost I've been a regular before, on this show. So. <laughs> repeat, repeat guest of the Armchair Athletes, Truman Bartman. Friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Friend of the show, absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah, there he is. Almost perfect show. timing here. Taylor looking dripped out, though, I do have to say that. Have a couple extra minutes to get the outfit put together. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Sprinted I, uh, to the studio. I uh, slept through my alarm. I woke up 11 minutes ago. Unfortunately, we just finished the show, so... <laughs> Started at 6 a.m. We quite literally just did the intro here. Oh, uh, yeah. You purpose. haven't missed anything. You missed your introduction, so... Ah, oh, that's okay. We'll, we'll play the throwback armchair athletes intro. Yeah. So. <laughs> the <Classic>. Yeah. <laughs> so, alrighty then. Uh, I guess we'll start off with our picks this week. So, last week, my perfect streak <laughs> came to an end when... The, the Cardinals beat the Cowboys. I had, of course, the Cowboys beating the Cardinals as my lock. Unfortunately, though, Dallas, like they tend to do in the playoffs, let people down, people being me. So, yeah. Uh, the upset, I had the Raiders over the Steelers. Now, I didn't. I wasn't putting as much pressure on the Raiders as I was the Cowboys. Like I, I, I expected the Cowboys to win, and then by that Sunday night game, I was like, eh, it'll probably be... We have a toss up there, so I wasn't expecting. I wasn't like expecting a win with the Raiders matchup, but uh, still, they let me down too. And then game of the week: Falcons Lions. Just zero for three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you started off real hot. We had the six and zero streak coming in, and then yeah, all of a sudden it just crumbled. Week three. Yeah. You know that happens. Uh, um, I think I'll do just this week as well. Yeah. So then my lock for this week, after absolutely <coughs> annihilating the Bears last week, I have the Chiefs doing the same thing to the Jets this week. And I think what furthers my um, prediction is, and we'll get into it later in the show, but that the Jets seem to be holding on to Zach Wilson as their starter. And they haven't really... I mean, they signed Trevor Simeon this week, but... The GOAT. I... Yeah, I you don't just think you don't think that's going to turn the season around. No, so not at all. <laughs> don't really think so at all. So, yeah, I have the Chiefs over the Jets upset. Upset here. I was looking at the wrong one. Yeah, but uh, I have this isn't much of a hot take. However, they are three point underdogs still, despite putting up seventy last week. So I have the Dolphins over the Bills, and I mean the Dolphins beat the Bills in that first matchup last year course the second matchup was the one in buffalo where it was extremely cold conditions bills fans were throwing snowballs at the dolphins <laughs> players uh i'm not sure where the game is this week is it in buffalo i'm, I'm gonna think it's probably in buffalo but still though it's not week, it's not gonna be blizzardy conditions like it was last year yeah it's and i mean the dolphins they're on fire to start the year so I think that they continue that momentum, and I think they beat the Bills this week. Game of the week, I have the Packers versus the Lions. Rivalry matchup there, going to be on Thursday night football. And I think you've got, 
a team in the Lions that's been exciting to watch so far and a team in the Packers. I'm sure we'll get into them as we have Truman on the show here. But uh, they've been better than, I guess, what people expected them to be to start off this year. And, yeah, I think that'll be a close matchup on Thursday. Uh, I'll get into my picks from last week just because I also had a bit of a disappointment in my lock here. Um, I had the Jaguars over the Texans, and that did not go according to plan. The Jaguars have unfortunately fooled me. I've learned my lesson picking them two weeks in a row. Um, Yeah, they just didn't look good, and the Texans did, which is a little bit surprising. I have my underdog is the Falcons over the Lions. That obviously also did not happen. I thought that maybe the Falcons' rushing attack could you know, do enough to beat them, but just didn't happen. But game of the week, I had Chargers-Vikings, and that was definitely a very interesting game. Um, Justin Herbert kind of went crazy. I think he was 40 for 47 and like 400-something yards. But uh, Keenan Allen had 200 yards that game. He was just torturing the Vikings defense because it is not very good. Also Um, a passing touchdown. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that too. So, yeah. Yeah, Quite the game. Yeah. That that Vikings defense is just god-awful. Week four, I also have the Chiefs over the Jets. I feel like that's kind of a free one, but – I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to do anything too crazy here. Um, like you said, we just we aren't fans of Zach Wilson on this show. Uh, he's not very good, and I think that's going to continue. Uh, underdog, unfortunately, here Taylor, I have the Texans over the Steelers. All right, how did that work last week, Clayton? Not good. <laughs> um, I just and I would say the Raiders are better than the Texans. So who knows? Yeah, yeah. but the coaching of the Raiders is what. Holds yeah, that's true. That was a dumb mistake in the last and quarter of the game. And C.J. Stroud has looked like a real NFL quarterback. Yeah. And Jimmy Garoppolo is not very good. So I think that's the big difference there. Yeah. And then my game of the week, I have Ravens versus Browns for kind of the same reason that you picked uh, Packers-Lions. It's just the divisional matchup. And then two obviously very good teams. Um, I'm excited to see. I just – that Browns defensive line is really good. And Deshaun Watson looked pretty significantly better compared to uh, his first couple weeks. Even given, I don't know if you guys saw that play where he yes. broke the sack and threw the ball backwards. I'm so lost by that. That was crazy. I don't get it. Will had sent that to the group chat, and I couldn't believe that when I see it. I, I was watching it, and I was like, I think the running back was back there, and he was just trying to like lateral it backwards so he didn't get the sack, but he just missed him completely. I, I brought it up. It looked like the Jacoby Myers play yes. against the Raiders last year. That was – it wasn't nearly as funny as that was, but, yeah, you're right. It was pretty similar to that. That wasn't very funny. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's only one thing that would affect you saying it wasn't very funny. Maybe your allegiance Might to be a biased. certain team. Might be biased, but it wasn't funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, so those are my picks for this week. Uh, I don't know who wants to go next. I can go next. We'll go in a circle here. Um, last week, I honestly don't even remember who I picked. I always forget to put it in the document. Um, I can check. Give me check a moment. Check the Instagram. I will check the Instagram. Yeah, that's actually a good plug right here. Folks, if you're not following us on Instagram, <laughs> uh, we do. have some we have some new graphics being cooked up by executive producer Will right now. Um, I'll just say that, you know, if you thought these the first batch was good, you're going to want to tune in and look at these these next ones because there's a there's a pretty big improvement here. That's what I'll say. Also, oh, let's, here we go. let's shout out the TikTok. The TikTok as at, well. At Armchair Athletes. It's no longer at the Armchair Athlete. Yeah. And then Twitter at or I guess X at chair athletes. So. Um, my game of the week last week was Steelers Raiders. Potentially, it was came down I came down to the interesting, end. Interesting, yeah. Um, my lock was Cowboys over the Cardinals, which fair enough. 
Um, but I probably shouldn't have picked them because they're always they always lose a game to someone they should never lose to. Um, uh, and then my upset of the week was Rams over Bengals, and that didn't end up happening either. So we all oh through three. <laughs> The Bengals, Bengals, Rams. I knew it was going to be close. I was thinking about picking that as my game of the week, but I I like to pick three different games. Yeah, yeah. So I I just picked upset instead. Um, yeah. Um, shout out to my dad because he was mad last week when I picked uh, the Rams over the Bengals. He commented on the Instagram. And I've then, seen that. And then uh, yeah, they ended up winning. So. <laughs> Uh, don't know why he's a Bengals fan, to be honest with you, because he's been a Bengals fan since a lot long time ago, but and they were never good, but that's fine. Um, uh, sorry, for this week, um, uh, my lock is Chargers over the Raiders. Concerning last week, yeah. I think Raiders did not end up with the game management they didn't do very well at, and the Chiefs, or sorry, the Chargers looked like the best team last week, besides maybe the Dolphins. Um, um, my underdog, or sorry, yeah, my underdog is Rams over Colts, which was another interesting one. I kind of just tried to pick a random one that maybe nobody else would pick. I don't hate that, honestly. Yeah. It's not terrible. Because I feel like the Rams are, are not that bad, and, and I feel like the Colts, they won their last game kind of, it was a, just like a random, like it just ended up all aligning for them. I don't know if they actually played that well, but. I mean, to be fair, it was against a very good Ravens team, and they did That's still true. pull out the win. That's true. That's uh, true, with the backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just, I always pick a random one just because. Um, uh, and then my game of the week is Bills Dolphins because I think that's going to be potentially game of the year. It has one of those. Could be, definitely. To start the year off because they're mm-hmm. both very good teams, and those games are always just interesting. Yes. I will say as well, the Bills have flexed their muscles the past yes. couple weeks, putting up, I believe, 37 both weeks, is it not, or 38? It was up in the 30s, yeah. 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 No, they've definitely looked a lot better um, since the first week. I believe they put up 38 against the Raiders and then 37 against the Commanders last week. You are correct. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's just their defense looked a lot better compared to week one. I think that's really the big deal. Obviously, the other thing is that Josh Allen looked like less of a bonehead out there playing quarterback. Yeah. He always has one one or two weeks a year where he just doesn't look right. He just puts up – so when the defense doesn't play good and they get down, then he has to play hero ball and then he makes dumb mistakes mm-hmm. and he throws bad interceptions. It's just how it works. Mm. And when the defense plays good and they go up and they don't lose, then he just is the Josh Allen that we know and love and he looks like a competent quarterback out there. I mean, at least I can't blame him for actually trying to bring yeah. a game back. You find a lot of times where you see a quarterback just like, I guess I'll just keep going how I'm going and just it's, whatever it is. It is just frustrating, though, because obviously the Bills' offense is good if you can stay within the structure of it, and yeah. it works because they when they do play well, they put up 38, 37 points. Yeah. So I think if he stayed within the structure of the offense more, they would continue to win, but it's just I yeah. guess he feels like he has to put it all on his back because – that's what Josh Allen does, but mm-hmm. yeah, it is what it is. Will, do you want to get into your picks this week? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, last week I had for my lock Dolphins over Broncos. That was a good pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say that one hit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my upset was also Rams over Bengals. It was, I don't know, it felt closer than it was, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, game of the week, Chargers-Vikings. Uh, battle of two zero and two teams, so I don't know. It was fun to watch. This week, uh, my lock is the Vikings over the Panthers. If the Vikings start out zero and four, my mind will be blown. I don't get it. 
That um, was I was gonna say that was the only thing that stopped me from picking the Vikings this week as my lock was that it's two zero and three teams competing, so it's like somebody's got to lose. Yeah. I just feel like they're too good of a team to be owned for. Yeah, they're probably the best owned for team of NFL history. And Kirk Cousins has been dynamite this year. Yeah, start yeah you cannot. It's not really the offense. No, at it's all. not the offense at all. It's just their defense. Like Justin Jefferson so is, bad. I think, second in the league now in receiving yards. He was first, and I think he's swapped now. But like, of the star re- receivers this year, he's been the best one. Yeah, Tyree mm-hmm. Kill. Yeah, maybe yard like, but like, I'm just basing it straight off stats. I mean, maybe Tyree. Oh, actually, I, I think, don't know if Tyree kills. Tyree f- has more tutties. Devontae, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is very good too. Oh, okay, yeah. But again, like it's, the, I mean, the, the, it's the Jamar unfair. Chase, like those guys that yeah. were supposed to have really good years, he seems to be having the the most yeah. like himself. So I don't yeah. know, it'll be interesting. Uh, my upset this week is Rams over Colts. Uh, is Minshew? Still playing. I was. I keep checking the Anthony Richardson injury, and it, from everything, it looks like he's still in concussion protocol. If he clears, he's going to start, but he hasn't cleared it yet. So yeah, it looks like Gardner Minshew at this point will be starting. Who hasn't looked awful either. Yeah, if no. Minshew's starting, I might have to go the other way. Actually, Colts over Rams. Minshew madness. Mm. Stafford's looked pretty good though too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred um, percent. Game of the week: Lions Packers. I think those are just two exciting teams. I think Bills and Dolphins will be a really good mm-hmm. game too, but I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see these two younger teams kind of battle it out. Absolutely. Do you have any picks, Truman? Sure. I guess yeah. I'll throw a couple at you. Uh, I am I'm in like a loser pool right now with my with my dad, uh, and he just kind of asked me for the picks every week. We're undefeated right now, so feeling pretty good. Uh, I'd say the lock has to be. Niners over Cardinals in my opinion I just I think the Cardinals weren't supposed to get a win all year and they got their big upset win kind of their trap game last week against the Cowboys so that would be that would be my pick uh I think yeah my in-between game I uh Jordan Love is him okay Jordan Love is him and I think I I get it I'm a Packers fan I actually think there's a chance that the Packers just like reclaim the north for the next 10 years tomorrow and just like kind of re-push the narrative that they're the team and beat the lions somehow tomorrow they're not a better team i have nothing to back me up on that (laughs) except that fate has it that the packers just deserve to be a good football team i guess and so they just always will be jordan love has looked good he has i've been impressed i didn't expect Mm -hmm. this i was a jordan love hater Where's Christian Watson at? Is he coming back? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. He is. Him and Aaron Jones are both back next week. Okay, that's another big thing. I was trying to get you on the the Jordan Love train before the season started. You were telling me he was bad. I thought he was bad. I I I agree. He's got Aaron Rodgers mannerisms. He'll never be Aaron Rodgers, but Because he'll be better. Oh, I wish. (laughs) Uh, But he's shown some things that I can't can't overlook. He doesn't get himself into a lot of trouble, which I like. Uh, Has he played... He hasn't played one of the best defenses in the league yet. I would say the Saints are a great defense. Saints, the Saints have been pretty good so far. Uh, yeah. I just feel like it'll be interesting to see them play against the Cowboys, even though the Cowboys, Josh Dobbs played very good against. Um, but, like, one of those teams that might hurry him up a little more, it'll be interesting to see. And my, my upset pick, I don't even know if you could call this an upset. I, I'm taking the Giants over the Seahawks. I get we have some Seahawks fans, but I just feel like that's a trap game for the Seahawks, and that's one where – where the Giants, maybe they get Saquon back and it changes their season. So, I mean, 
Again, I'm always kind of skeptical of Seahawks because they do tend to lose a couple games like that they, every year. It's just how it goes. They did it week one versus the Rams. It um, seems like the f- first half for the Seahawks this year, they play down to their competition. The first half against the Cardinals was not the greatest football from Seattle, and it just kind of seems like, they yeah, they play down to their competition mm-hmm. a bit rather than just step on them. Do you mean the Panthers or the Cardinals? Panthers. Yeah, I was going to say. Okay. I think we've talked a lot of Cardinals. Yes, we have. But yeah, the Panthers. Yeah, you're right. I I just, yeah, every once in a while the Seahawks do have a game like that. And I'm hoping they got it out of the way. Week one against the Rams. Yeah. But you're right. It could definitely happen. Um, Unfortunately, Ken Walker's going for 250 yards and four touchdowns. Thank goodness. He's on my fantasy (laughs) team and everybody chirped me for picking him. So Charbonnet as well. Yeah. We'll we'll get into that. I was going to say. Yeah, I guess that's a probably a good place to start was the, I don't know what you'd call it, massacre of the Broncos by the Dolphins, 70-20. to 20. Um, Scorigami. Another Scorigami, folks. We've Let's had, go. I would hope so. <laughs> that's the <laughs> second one this season, and we're going to get into another. There's a third. But, I mean, it was just like the Dolphins' offense operating at like the best as it can possibly be, and the Broncos' defense is just so horrific. And it just everything combined perfectly uh, for that. I mean, to put up 70 points, you can't just be a great offense because the Dolphins obviously are a great offense and they haven't put up 70 points until now. But that Broncos defensive line is just so horrible. Hmm. It was like <laughs> the Dolphins were trying to run the clock out at the end of the game and they just kept breaking off big runs anyways. Yeah. Um, Speaking of big runs, those fantasy games from Raheem Mostert and yeah, if you had, Devon Achan. Was if you had Devon Achan or... Uh, Raheem Mostert on your fantasy team, you're probably pretty happy this week. Uh, might single-handedly have won a couple leagues for some people. Mm-hmm. Chances are, guy, like, A-Chain was on your bench, though. Yeah, like, how many I don't think A-Chain was any he on anybody's bench, to be honest with you. Was, I think he was a waiver wire guy. He, yeah. yeah, he wasn't picked up in I looked league, in, like, the then, third quarter, and there every single, like, but three of my leagues, everybody, somebody claimed him. Already. I think he's at 1.5 million claims on Sleeper right now. <laughs> yeah. Would I you claim him, though? I feel like that's just one of those one-week one wonder type yeah. games. That you know. I think it's, it is mostly just because the Broncos' defense is so bad. Yeah, I don't think I'll have a game like that again. But I would go most. Or, I think. If you have a running back that's struggling, though, you might as well throw him in the mix. Why not? I, I always think about that, like – Maybe the running back isn't as good or the receiver isn't as good and he might not be the first option, but he plays on a great team. So if they get up, he might get more more. If more they balls. get up 50 points, the backups might come in again. Yeah. You never know. Exactly. So it's kind of like what I think. It's just like maybe because he plays on a good team, it, it'll still work out. You know? I had the honor of going up against Mostert in one of my leagues. The guy also had Ken Walker. Mm. Let's just say I got absolutely cooked this week. <laughs> so, yeah, you did not win, unfortunately. <laughs> Did not win would be an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, what were the stats? They both had four touchdowns. So eight touchdowns yeah. between the two of them. And, yeah, like I said, that that was just like a slaughtering. That was It wasn't even fair. The worst part is the Broncos' offense doesn't even look that bad. It's just that their defense is so much worse that it doesn't even matter. Well, yeah, they still put up 20 points in yeah. this game. And it's not like the Miami defense is terrible. They put up 20 points on like a pretty good NFL but defense. The 20 points, seven of them was on a kick return. Oh, that is true, yes. Oh, right, to cut the lead to 43. Yes. <laughs> Marvin Mims, huge kick return to cut the lead to 43. It's um, like the Chris Paul meme. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even know. That game was just... I mean, 
starting to feel bad for Broncos fans. Again, they can't, the organiza- we say this every week. The organization <laughs> stinks. They made a bad trade trading for Russ, and they tanked their team. Sean Payton, I don't know how you can fix it. Um, he was saying that like the coaching job by Nathaniel Hackett is one of the worst coaching jobs he's ever seen. Nathaniel Hackett never gave up 70 <laughs> points. So I don't know, Sean Payton. Hmm. Um, yeah, that, that Broncos team, I think they're just kind of cooked now. Dude, um, oh, I, never mind. We'll talk about it later. It's okay. I, I, think I just the, thought of something about okay. Sean Payton. It was kind of funny, but it's <laughs> to do um, with hockey. Okay. Did you see what I'm was thinking Was it of? the Rick, No, I was thinking um, Rick Tockett. Yeah, Did you hear okay. what he said after his interview? Yeah. Anyways, we could talk that. about it. Yeah. We could talk about it after. Um, I just – oh, what was the last thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah. When Robbie Chosen scores a touchdown against you, <laughs> when Mike White throws a touchdown to Robbie Chosen <laughs> – that that that's like that sounds like a nightmare, right? That's, I honestly forgot he got picked up. I'm gonna be honest. That's how I found out about his newest name change. That is was that yeah. touchdown. Yeah, I thought he was chosen Anderson. Yeah, so did I. He's been through three, hasn't he, Robbie? Anderson Wait, so he dropped Anderson. he dropped Anderson now. Yeah. Well, he he had originally so he was Robbie Anderson with a Y at the end. Then it, then it became Robbie with an I E. Then it was chosen Anderson. Now it's Robbie chosen. So. The only thing chosen is a new name. Hey, <laughs> that's a zinger right there, Got folks. Him. That's what you tune in every week for. I just want to see. I think he got Pat Sertain on this touchdown. I think that's who he beat. Oh, my God, it was Pat Sertain. That's even worse. Pat Sertain, who's like one of the best corners in the league, got cooked by Chosen Anderson. I feel like he probably wasn't trying much anymore. No, I think he just wanted right. to go home. Yeah. Um,. And I guess there's two things that I want to talk about in regards to that game. One of them being I've seen a lot of things where it's, like, disrespectful to be putting up points. Like, the Dolphins, they went for – they go forward on fourth. I think they went forward on fourth down when they were already up, like, 30-something points. People were saying it's disrespectful. Um, oh, run up the score. Yeah, exactly. They're saying it's disrespectful to try and run up the score and to continue to score when you're up by that much. But we saw it happen with the Colts last year, that crazy comeback versus the Vi- – or I guess the Vikings come back against the Colts. Yeah. Um, I think you just you put up points. If you don't want people to score on you, play better defense. Tough, I guess. I don't know what to say. It's Fair. like it's the same thing in baseball with the stupid unwritten rules, where you can't bat flip and you can't hit grand slams and you're up. It's the same thing. It's just old dudes that don't like seeing people have fun playing the game. It's just unfortunately how it works. One and of the best parts about that game though is Mike McDaniel not kicking that last second field goal to, that win, was, to break the record. I really wish he did because, like, why not at that point? You've already put up 70. Just yeah. go for it. He's probably so confident that he's going to do it again this week. So. Maybe, yeah. I mean, me personally, I would have left Tua in. Tua's putting up 600 yards. We're scoring 80. That's what I'm doing. I don't – we're not – we're not – we're not thinking big enough here. No, no, exactly. I'm I'm going for triple digits. Yeah, maybe a hundred could have happened. I'm not slowing down. Um, but yeah, I just people said it's disrespectful or whatever. I think that's a dumb. It doesn't really make sense to me. You're already up by fifty. Exactly. And then the other thing is, I saw. I think it was Xavier and Howard talking about how they left Russ in at the end of the game when they were already down fifty. The Broncos. Yeah. yeah. And I think they probably should have taken Russ out at that point because. Really, the, what are you playing for? Like, if he takes a bad hit and gets injured in a game where you're already down 50, just is not a good look for that team at all. But at that point, again, it doesn't really matter too much. I just Those are the two big takeaways from that game. Um, then we, we had 
two scoregamis this week. Two scoregamis. We're we're spoiled, and so the Eagles beat the Bucks twenty-five to eleven on Monday Night Football. It's the third scoregami of this season, and as we mentioned, the second of Week Three. Very exciting for if you follow the scoregami, which you should, by the way. Of course, you're missing out if you're not. Um, to me, that one doesn't seem as weird, and I guess the weird part of it is that eleven. Yeah. Because I guess you just don't see it very often. Um, but finding low-scoring games like that where it hasn't been done yet is always kind of surprising to me. 70-20 to 20 is like, oh, of course that's a score on me because nobody puts up 70 points ever. But, yeah, 25-11 to 11 is just surprising. There really isn't as much to talk about in that game. It was kind of – Yeah. It was a little bit boring. Surprisingly, the 25-11 to 11 game was not as exciting as the Dolphins putting up 70 <laughs> points. For anyone who doesn't believe me, that's kind of crazy. Um. And it was a good week for the armchair athletes and our guests. And our guests, too, yeah. All of our teams won this week. Seattle won, New England, Pittsburgh, and Green Bay. So, yeah, good vibes in the studio today. (laughs) Just feels good to win one. (laughs) You take what you can get, you know? We Mm -hmm. haven't beat the Saints in four years, man. It's it's been a long, long drought. I've beat the Jets for the last 14 years. (laughs) (laughs) We, We haven't scored more than two offensive touchdowns in, like, 10 years so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'll go I'll, I guess we'll start with the Seahawks here so as we mentioned bad first half for the offense and it seemed like the play calling in the first half too wasn't all that great uh, the offensive play yeah and it seemed like once they'd get down to the opposing team's 40 or 30 yard line they'd stop using Ken Walker which then in the second half they did use Ken Walker in those situations and look what happened. You actually got touchdowns. And I guess we'll talk about the Zach Charbonnet hit as well. If you guys, anyone here, anyone at home that didn't see the hit, just look up Zach Charbonnet truck and just watch that play. Um, What's his name? Franklin? Sam Franklin? Sam Franklin. I'm pretty sure Sam Franklin already knows the results of the Vikings game on Sunday because he got sent into next week it with was, that hit. Oh, it was such a it was such a crazy play. I was really hoping it would be a touchdown, but he I just didn't quite get in. Yet. I'm watching it right now. We'll we'll get a live reaction from Will right here when he when he gets to it. Oh it was, boy. <laughs> <laughs> How do you spell his name? Z A C? Or is uh, it Z A C K? Z A C H. Charbonnet. He yeah, he get really Get your weight up, little boy. Yeah. It was it, oh man, it was just it was it was so good to watch. And then Jake Bobo finished off that drive with an insane catch in the end zone. He's, I mean, if the wide receiver room wasn't already stacked, they found this guy undrafted out of UCLA. Also, also where Zach Charbonnet is from. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, he's look. He looked fantastic in the preseason, and now you know he's getting snaps. And if he can keep making plays like that, he's going to get more reps. Yeah. Um, and you're right. I think going to be tough though with already. JSN's had a tough time finding the snaps. Yes. I think you were about to get into that. Mm -hmm. That's one of the points I have here. Um, It's just that there just really isn't room for JSN at the moment in the offense because when you have both of your starting tackles out, uh, there's been lots of uh, two tight end sets for the Seahawks because you need extra blockers out there. He actually popped them. (laughs) (laughs) He smoked them. You need extra blockers out there, and two tight end sets means obviously there's not going to be a receiver out on the field. So JSN just isn't getting the snaps. 
got the um, live reaction from that was like a derrick henry without the arm you just took the words right out of my brain like that was like a derrick henry without the without the actual stiff arm to the face it was it was just a very enjoyable play to watch i will say our two running backs complement each other very yes. well ken walker yes. they and they mentioned this on the broadcast on sunday ken walker when he's running kind of sifts through the defense makes a lot of i guess turns and what, what's the word I'm looking agile. for? Agile. He's more Change. agile. Yeah. Shifty. A- agile, yeah. Whereas Charbonnet, once he sees a pass, Straight he just goes. So. Yeah. More of a power runner. Yeah. North-south versus east-west. And both of them work, so you can't really complain. Um, yeah, Ken Walker that game, uh, 156 total yards on 21 touches and two touchdowns. He is fantastic. He's so fun to watch. Yeah, he is. Um, and I hope they continue to utilize him in that offense because when they do, good things happen. Um, and I think the other big thing coming out of that matchup was Devin Witherspoon. And you you wrote it down here, huge improvement from last week. I didn't think he was bad last week, but there was a couple of there was moments where he got cooked, but, let's say. Yes. And this week though, and they targeted him a lot this week, which I kind of found surprising especially with uh well Tariq Woolen was out and then Trey Brown, I believe he returned at some point but mm-hmm. he got hurt in that Early game, in the game yeah. so you had mike jackson on the other side of the field which i'm not i'm surprised yeah. they didn't target more so but devon witherspoon we were a bit nervous about him coming into the season of course there was the contract dispute in the summer after he got drafted and then got hurt i believe during the preseason or training camp so but yeah this week huge improvement and yeah, yeah. The stats on that game: uh, thirteen targets, a first down allowed, two forced incompletions, and a forty-six point six passer rating allowed. I think the big thing about him is he makes plays and he talks a lot. Yeah, and it is very fun to watch. Um, and he's the other thing is he's not afraid to get in there uh, and make hits either. No, that's the thing that's really I really like about him. Yeah, he delivers the big hits as well. He's turning into one of my favorite players already. So. Yes. Um, the and the other big thing I sent it to the group chat uh, the Seahawks led uh, the NFL in week three with 36 pressures now the Panthers offensive line is very very bad however you don't even <laughs> you need a decent pass rush to put up that many pressures regardless of how bad the offensive line is and Boye Mafe looked really good I will say though is that it might just be like the Panthers thing because yeah. week one against the Rams, they provided they, no nothing. pressure on Stafford. So, But the whole team kind of looked out of whack week one. Yeah. So, so maybe. hopefully it's an improvement, but you are right. I think it could just be that the Panthers offensive line is that bad because they have been to this point in the year, which is why Bryce Young wasn't playing because he kept taking hits. Um, I got one question about the Seahawks here. Yeah. So you get, and I'm not even, I don't believe that he's just it, but you talked about pass rush. You, you get Jamal Adams back this week, uh, and he is not obviously your typical safety. He is, yeah, yeah, blitz boy, as people called him in the past. I yeah. don't believe that. I think he's a great player. I think he's a Swiss Army knife. But wh- how do you think he's gonna gonna add to this attack? I have. I'm I'm excited to see Jamal Adams back because yes. maybe that means we'll see a little less of Julian Love, who oh, gosh, hasn't been terrible. great to start off this season for Seattle. He's been terrible. And I will say that. The duo of Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs in the past has been very good for Seattle. 
Of course, we didn't get to see it last season. Jamal Adams went out week one against week one, Denver. Yeah. So. Um, the big thing, and I've seen it a few times, and I think that's how they were trying to use Jamal Adams went before he got injured, is they're running him at a weak side linebacker a lot, so he was kind of in the box more, um, which will be good because Bobby Wagner's great versus the run, not very good against the pass just because he's kind of getting up there in age and he's not as athletic as he used to be. And if you can get him off the field a little bit more and maybe Jamal Adams in the box on passing downs, I think that would probably be good. Um, but, yeah, he's just pretty much wherever he slots in on the defense is going to be an improvement, whether it be at safety or linebacker. So I'm excited to see him come back, and I'm also excited to see uh, Tariq Wollin come back whenever that does happen. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to do is uh, just quickly talk about after the Jake Bobo touchdown, which was fantastic, the Geno two-point oh, conversion. <laughs> it it looked like vintage Russell Wilson. Yeah. I can't lie. Again, if you guys haven't seen that play, I encourage you to go look it up. Just probably look up Geno two-point conversion Carolina. It'll come up. But he just kind of rolled, ran around the backfield, spun around a couple times, and threw it from the right sideline to like the oh, left corner of the that. end zone to Tyler Lockett, and it was just like that clinched the win. Yeah, at that point. So, and I'm very happy that they decided to go for a two right there because it made sense to. And then Carolina put up a yeah. touchdown afterwards, and it sealed the game. So, um. Yeah, that was just a fantastic play. It was super exciting to watch. The Seahawks' offense looked good. Their defense looked a lot better. Really, their two the two touchdowns they gave up was because Mike Jackson came in the game and kind of blew a coverage early, and then surprise, surprise. Yeah, he is. I'm not a fan of him, but yeah. So the defense looked a lot better. Offense looked a lot better. It was a good week. Good yeah. week to be a Seahawks fan. Definitely. I believe we talked a bit about the Dolphins, unless you guys have anything extra I don't think to say there. I don't think there's anything to I add, want to really. bring up as well. That Tyreek Hill touchdown celebration in the crowd. That was I loved funny. it. That's so I loved funny. it. That was very funny. I would assume he probably got a fine for it, but honestly, it's worth it. To go into the crowd and cheer for yourself after I'm not sure if he did get a fine. I don't think he did. I hope not. I, I, it seems I like a it. classic league. Yeah. yeah. Do, um, I guess the last thing I want to bring up with that Dolphins game is they put up 70 with no Jalen Waddle, which is very impressive, to lose your wide I was receiver two, say that, yeah. who, and arguably one of the best wide receiver twos in the entire league, and still put up seventy points. Mm-hmm. Both very good for the Dolphins, and again, Broncos defense is not good. So, um, let's go. Let's switch gears here to another favorite team on the show. I think we'll go to the Patriots and then over to the Steelers after. Will the Patriots? What are your thoughts last week? Take what you a can win get. is a win. A win <laughs> is a win. I was going to say that was games like watching paint dry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I watched the entire thing and I just I don't know how we literally were I don't know like a hand away from winning that game. I don't know. You guys probably saw that last second hail mary throw. Like literally tipped it right into I think Randall Cobb, mm. and he just missed it. Just missed it. Like how do you let that happen? We had. I think four opportunities to run the clock out. All we needed was a first down in like the last however many minutes of the game, and we just couldn't get it. I don't know. Zeke looked better than Ramondre this week, and that's just horrifying <laughs> to see. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. The yeah. boys were pounding the rock. But that Pharaoh Brown touchdown, oh, my God, that was glorious. Never heard of the guy before that. <laughs> but holy, know his name. I don't know. 
I I was gonna go bold this week for my upset and take the Patriots over the Cowboys <laughs> just out of sheer hope <laughs> and faith. And then I thought a little deeper into it, and you know the Pats O line has struggled a little bit this year, and going up against the Cowboys defense with Micah Parsons, I think Mac Jones might just get eaten alive. I think Mac Jones has the least amount of time before he throws this year hmm. and uh, it's not looking good a win yeah. is a win <laughs> you take what you can get yeah on the other side of that ball there the jets I, I had put it down here after the game i said i think it's inevitable at this point that the jets sign a veteran quarterback who do we want to see them sign and i was expecting like carson wentz colin kaepernick answers and i think the answer that i was going to give was Nick Foles. I really wanted to see them sign Nick Foles and maybe he takes him on another Super, Super Bowl, Bowl run. <laughs> but uh, the answer that we got was Trevor Simeon. What do we think? Uh, it's not very exciting. No. <laughs> I don't know. There really just aren't a lot of options out there for them to begin with. Um, honestly, I just think at that point, why not take a chance on a, one of those names I mentioned? I think that like, and Colin Kaepernick, I don't know if you've seen the letter that he sent to the Jets. Wanted to be on the practice squad. Yeah, and and he said, like, worst situation is you get a look at me and it's yeah. not good. Well, why not? But the best situation would be that he comes in and becomes a star again, right? So it's... Uh, it kind of blows my mind that no one gives him a chance anymore. I, I think especially there's been so many quarterback needy teams Cons- out there. Considering the reason why he kind of fell out of the league wasn't really because of his skill he didn't look fantastic when he last played but again i don't think there's so many teams that need a quarterback out there that i figured by now someone would have taken a shot on him Mm. um especially if it is just to a practice squad because like why wouldn't you if you're the jets again the worst thing that happens is he looks bad and then he never starts but even then like so kaepernick hasn't played in a while i guess there's that drawback there that you could point at but carson wentz played as early as last season didn't look Hmm. good but he still played, so I just I don't get why they don't take a chance on one of those kind of guys. You know what I mean? It's just at this point, I feel like there are a lot of better options than Zach Wilson. Well, I mean, not a lot of better options. There are better options than Zach Wilson, and for whatever reason, they are so dead set on keeping him in the game um, when he just isn't good, and he hasn't been good, and he hasn't really shown flashes. It just it doesn't really make sense to me. I th- feel like you might as well take a shot on somebody like a Carson Wentz, like a Colin Kaepernick, and just see what you have in them. And yeah. then if they're bad, then sure, stick with Zach Wilson by all means. But to not even like entertain an option like that just doesn't make sense to me. And maybe there's something I don't know. It doesn't make any sense either why they're even putting that much faith into Zach Wilson because they traded for a quarterback to replace yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you weren't going to play all year, buddy, just because Rodgers got injured. That's why you're playing. Yeah. And... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's why they're apprehensive to sign anyone else or make a trade or whatever because they don't want the same thing to happen again, give up assets, and then have that guy get injured. But that is like a loser mentality, I think, to not even make an effort. It just doesn't make sense to me. And like I said, maybe there's something I don't know. I have a hard time believing that any NFL front office is dumber than I am. Um, So there's probably some underlying thing out there that we just don't know about. And maybe – Zach Wilson is, like, going to really turn it around here. Who knows? 
he's got something in the uh, something in the wings <laughs> we just haven't seen yet. And well, he's saving it. I don't know if you guys saw this morning, but uh, there's a a report that the Jets defense they're all like pissed yeah. at uh, Robert Sala. I saw that. Him. Yes, I saw that on Twitter. I can't remember who said it though, and I didn't want to talk about it because I wasn't sure if it was real or I not. I believe it was one of those real, not real accounts where that's yes. It's kind of like an anonymous account, but they post so much. I guess um, so much reliable information i guess that's been real in the past that you kind of you believe that account so mm-hmm. i think it was uh gpa football i think is okay and it's yeah it's like an nfl aggregate account where they just take stuff yeah. from other sources and post it um maybe not though i haven't found it yet regardless yeah i did see that report too and honestly yeah if i was a jets player i'd be fr- like on that defense i'd be frustrated too because the the defense continues to look very good, um, and they just have nothing to show for it. Yeah. And yeah, you're getting sold by a quarterback pretty much every week. Although, I maybe wouldn't be as mad as if I was Garrett Wilson, because I had such high hopes on him going into the season with Aaron Rodgers. I thought that it was going to be like that was going to be a wonderful connection. Aaron Rodgers always has that one guy he loves to throw to, and I thought that uh, this season Garrett Wilson would be that guy. And then obviously Aaron Rodgers goes out early and you just don't get to see that connection at all. And now you're back to Zach Wilson again and you're like, man, yeah, it's just tough, tough for Garrett Wilson. I think we'll move on to talk about the Steelers here, Taylor. So I don't know what you have Um, to say about that Honestly, it was a good game. Yeah. Uh, I think they played a little bit better on offense. Definitely. Um, They started to show a little bit of signs that they're figuring it out. Kenny Pickett looked a lot better. Yeah. Um, Pickens looked good. T.J. Warren is a lot better than Najee Harris, but I already said that last week. It's not even close. I think Najee Harris is the worst running back in the NFL. (laughs) I'm not even exaggerating anymore. I think I'd rather take Zeke Elliott with one leg. I'm not even kidding. This is not even an exaggeration. You can clip that if you really want to. He's so bad. He's so bad. I don't understand why either. He's got, like, the perfect build. His legs are the size of two of my legs attached. I don't understand why he's so bad. He's just not explosive at all. He gets past the line and he just like, ah, okay, I'm just gonna get tripped up by like three guys it's, here. And it's yeah. Like he falls for two yards every play. There's never a play where you see him break through the line and you just see him. Oh, he's gone. Yeah. He turned the corner one time, and he started coming. He started coming, and then the the safety came across. He didn't even try to just run past him. He just stopped, waited, and the guy just wrapped him up and tackled him. Like he tried to do like a full like stop and like juke, but he didn't even juke him like he just kind of stood there and then the guy just grabbed him and tackled him for like a five yard gain it's just like and every single time that Jalen Warren's on the field it's a 15 yard I swear it's a 15 yard gain every time he's like the big play guy and they just they just sit him on the bench until okay Najee's gone for four carries in the last two minutes and has six yards and then the, he comes on and just goes up 25 yards and then I don't know it's just I, I feel like it's got to be a, a swap there yeah and and put Warren in full-time starter, which, I mean, if you keep letting Najee Harris get this bad, you're never going to get any trade. Like, if you ever want to get rid of him, you're never going to get anything for him. Yeah. So, I I think you're kind of already past that. And it's just the combination of not having good vision, not having good speed and acceleration, and then Yeah, I wouldn't even say that his vision's that poor. I just think it's just not connected with It's not great, but you can't can't have bad vision and bad speed. They don't. Yeah, which is weird because his time coming into the NFL was good. It was like a 440. Or something, or f- something like that. Like a, a very, very good 40, uh, forty-yard dash time. I think, and just 
doesn't ever show it in the NFL. Have has the have the Steelers gotten a new GM in the past little bit? Mm, uh, I want to say there hasn't been a change in a while, but I could be wrong. Because part of it, I think, is they took Najee Harris in the first round, and yeah, <laughs> in 2021. And if you're a GM and your first round running back isn't getting any touches because he stinks. You that feel looks like horrible. You look bad. Yeah, exactly. And I don't yeah. know, but they took Warren in like the seventh round. That's what I mean. He's looking a lot better. So if, yeah. you're, if the seventh round dude you picked is better than your first round dude, yeah, no, it's definitely true. But I think there's a comes to a point where there's players that just oh, don't absolutely. work out, right? And it's I, just yeah. it's getting to the point where it's really like hurting our offense for two out of the four snaps mm. every single drive. Um, besides that, we looked a little bit better on offense, which I was happy about because the week before we did not. Um, Pickens looks good. Um, there's a guy on our team. I can't remember what his name is right now. He is a rookie, and he had a very good game. He kind of looks like C.D. Lamb, but he's not C.D. Lamb. Um, number 14. No, that's Pickens. Or, sorry, number 19, I mean. Yeah. 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 Uh, his name's like Moss or something. No, it's not Moss. I can't it's remember his Randy name. Randy Moss? Yeah, it's Randy Wait, Moss. Wait, uh, Calvin Moss. Andy Moss. Calvin Austin the third. Calvin Austin III. Yeah, III. I just found him here. That guy. He had a very good game. Uh, he had a touchdown. Uh, he looked pretty good. He's a punt returner. Looked quite good. Yeah. Um, and I think he was like a sixth round pick or something. He's, yeah, he's got some speed. He's got some burn. Yeah, him. he's definitely decent. Um, so, yeah, besides the running back problem right now, I think we're looking okay. Two and one, that's not too bad. I always have faith in Mike Tomlin. He's never gone under 500 in his career, and he's been a coach for like 16 years, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, we always just seem to win games that we probably shouldn't win. At the, coming down the stretch, mm-hmm. and then we seem to lose games that we probably should have won. We're very, like, weird with that. Kind of like the Seahawks. Yeah. Like, very much in the same boat. Um, I hope we make the playoffs this year. Again, we didn't make the playoffs this year, and we were one game over 500, which kind of sucks. But um, we'll see how it goes. We have a decently tough division, too, so. Yeah. We got to just keep winning the games, even if they're out of our division. Just keep winning the games that we can win. And then when it comes to the division, if – we can squeak one or two out, then we'll we might squeak through. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was kind of eh on Pickett at the starting. I liked him, and then he had a couple bad games. Well, he was unreal in the preseason, obviously. And then um, his first their first loss of the season, he was just not it. And then um, the game where they beat the Browns, he was not it, and he got bailed out by his defense. And this this week, he looked a lot better. I don't know if it's because he wasn't getting as pressured as much. He had more time to think. Um, which is definitely a possibility. It might help his confidence, I think, that he'll have, you know, more. He had more time so he could show that he is not bad. I think he's a good quarterback. I just think he gets rushed and he's a young guy, so he's going to have his troubles. Mm-hmm. But yeah. besides that, hey, we're 2-1. and one. I'm happy with that to start the season. I honestly didn't think we were going to have a very good season at all, and we've seemed to scrape out wins no matter how ugly they look. Um, I would like to see a nice big 40 40 points for game like i'd like to see a couple more touchdowns but yeah. if we take the if we win um good um uh, i'm forgetting his name too cornerback very ret- veteran interception pat peterson. pat peterson um he had a very good game as well another t- another interception i think he has the most now since his draft year, I think I wanted to say or probably something most like active because he's been that's probably what it was forever. yeah 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 because it was him and then there was um I'm so bad. It's early. I can't remember <laughs> anybody. Guy for uh, Peters, Marcus Peters okay. is in there. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, he's up there, and he's have he's playing quite well for like a thirty six year old corner or something like that. He's quite old, five, five billion or something like that. Yeah, but he's he's <laughs> he's having a good year as well. Um, um, of course, um, TJ is unreal. Uh, there's very few players where I'm like, eh, I really don't want him besides Najee Harris. Um, everybody else seems to be just working out. I think Deontay Johnson's supposed to come back in the next couple weeks too, which will be nice because yeah. right now it's kind of the pick and show on offense. He doesn't for big plays. Um, um, it'll be nice to have someone else back. Although I really, really do like Pickens as much as he's kind of a meme. Sometimes he is actually a, a quite a, quite a good receiver, and he's yeah. very good in coverage. Like when he's getting covered, um, he's good at kind of winning the fifty fifty balls. So it'll be it'll be nice to see how it goes but uh two and one can't complain mm-hmm. um i think we'll move on here talk about the jags and how they got smacked by the texans i was watching that game and there was moments in that game where it looked like the jags might come back and then the, there would be a play by the texans such as a fullback returning kick, a kick, kick return, return for that a touchdown and, and that, that was like a complete accident too mm-hmm. which was just he muffed the kick yeah yeah I mean, C.J. Stroud's like, he's legit. He's looked very good. Um, the big concern with him, I think, was that his pocket presence wasn't the greatest, and you're coming from Ohio State, which is like a powerhouse program, going from the highest talent you could possibly have in college to like seemingly a very bad talent in the NFL with the Texans. It's also who you're playing against every week. Yeah. I find, right? Yeah. Um, but the competition yeah. is not nearly the same. No. Um so it's just he's looked fantastic. The Texans as a whole have looked a lot better than I thought they would. Um, and Will Anderson Jr. also has looked very good for that defense. Yeah. Uh, it's just really across the board the Texans have been a lot better than I, th- I think everyone thought they were going to be. Um, but we've seen a lot of Ohio State quarterbacks come into the league and not look great. And obviously one of them is Justin Fields, who's <laughs> currently not looking great right now. Do we think that C.J. Stroud is the guy to finally kind of break that Ohio State quarterback curse, or is it going to continue into the next however many quarterbacks uh, I mean, are drafted? What we've seen so far from C.J. Stroud, uh, of course, last week you mentioned looked good. I think he can be the one to break that curse. I really hope so because he's been great to watch so far. He's just so accurate. And a lot of like pre-draft comparisons were to last year Geno Smith. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, if you can have another Geno Smith, that'd be pretty good. And I think, honestly, he's already kind of reaching that level. Um, takes pretty good care of the football, but is also relatively aggressive. And it's just super, super, super accurate, which is what Geno does so well. Um, but, yeah, the Texans look very good. Nico Collins has looked good for them. Yep. Uh, Tank Dell also looks good out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Brevin Jordan, I think, was their tight end who caught a touchdown. They got Dalton Schultz, and he just hasn't done anything yet. But... I mean, that Texans offense has looked a lot better than I thought it would. And C.J. Stroud has been the best rookie so far, obviously, because the other top guys have been injured. So, yeah, um, yeah C.J. Stroud looks legit. Uh, next thing here, the Minnesota Vikings. We kind of talked about it a little bit at the start of the show. They're in trouble. It's just that defense is so bad. It's so bad. They don't have anybody in that secondary. And I was watching... Can you remember? Oh, it was Byron Murphy, the former Arizona Cardinal. 
It was just like uh, essentially a highlight reel of him getting torched all game because Keenan Allen went for 200 yards. And, yeah, it just that defense does not look good. They just don't have anybody in the secondary, and they continue to get cooked by offenses is just kind of how it goes now. Yeah. Um, and I've seen rumors online now that, and especially since the Vikings have gotten off to a slow start, that uh, Kirk Cousins would be a trade candidate for the New York Jets. I think he'd definitely get them back on track. Absolutely. He's looked fantastic so yeah. far. However, he has a no-trade clause completely in his contract, so he could deny a trade to wherever. And he's publicly stated that he wants to uh, finish his contract in Minnesota, I believe. And also he's a free agent after this season. So, Yeah. Just a lot of factors there. Personally, I don't think it'll happen. However, if it did, it'd be very exciting. Um, and it would be a huge boost to that uh, Jets offense, obviously. Now, I'm assuming the next point on the list here was written by Truman. Jordan Love. <laughs> Do you want to get Oh, it? yeah. Jordan Love is I, – I, I don't got a whole bunch to say because the tape speaks for itself, as Richard Sherman would say. Uh, but, I mean, Jordan loves him. He's going to continue to be him. And I, uh, nah, I, I was not sold on him at the start of the year. I remember watching a game against Kansas City, his first real start. And it's Kansas City, granted, and, and kind of being thrown into the fire there is tough. But he had Devontae Adams in that game, and he had a full core. I remember watching this game, and I'm, I'm going, this guy's awful. Like, he just he, – he isn't a guy that can make flashy plays. He seems like he's got his feet frozen in the pocket. His escapability is negative. Like, I was – now – it makes it tough when you're watching Aaron Rodgers in an MVP form in the same year. Uh, but now that Aaron Rodgers shot, and it, it will always be there along with Favre's and Stars, but now that he's kind of separated himself and he had what I would say the first half, I'm, I'll be honest, I didn't think he was great in the first half. I really didn't. Well, they I, put up zero points. They so. put up zero points. So, <laughs> uh, But I thought as the game progressed, I thought he got a lot better. I know people say that, oh, whatever, Derek Carr got injured and that was – it, you you should be able to hold an 18-point lead or a 17-point lead regardless of who you are. Uh, and I thought Jordan Love really, really turned it up, and uh, it showed some resilience. And I think anytime you have a quarterback that can have a slow start and out of nowhere flip a switch and turn, in, turn on God mode, uh, I think you have a keeper. So I am completely sold on him. I am interested to see what he'll do with a threat like Christian Watson. Uh, I think Aaron Jones just being available is a big thing because that that drifts the defense's, defense's attention somewhere else, mm-hmm. and I think it will open up the Packers' offense a lot more. I think I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, I think it'll be close. I think the yeah. NFC is kind of weak, but but I would say they have a chance. They have a chance to uh, to play spoiler to quite a few teams this mm-hmm. season. I think they're they're. They're dangerous in most games that they go into. Yeah. So that's my take on Jordan Love and the uh, the Packers. Is that it for the Packers? Then? I think so. I think that's probably it. Hey, I did, mean, hey did you guys know that apparently Taylor Swift was at the Chiefs game? I what? Mean, didn't. I don't, think, I don't think you could have missed how she was at the game with how much it was posted online, which I, I completely understand, but still. 
I've, mm-hmm. The funniest thing I think to come with that is Taylor Swift fans like discovering what football is. I just want to good say- for Travis Kelsey though because his socials went crazy. I think oh, he made yeah. four hundred thousand followers in the last two I'm, days. I'm sure. And so. their new podcast went yeah. up crazy. Like one of us needs to start dating Taylor Swift. That might help. That is that is a very good strategy. I don't know why we haven't thought of that. <laughs> yeah. <yet. laughs> I'm not, a cons- crazy. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I actually don't think they're dating at all. I think it was all a pu- publicity, publicity stunt. I think the whole. I don't know if they're going to last stunt. long, even if they are either. But that's right. another story. I just want to say as well for and there was two extremes that I was seeing a lot online. It was Taylor Swift fans going absolutely like nuts that she's dating Kelsey, and then you had some football fans going absolutely nuts that Taylor Swift fans might be coming in the NFL. <laughs> if you are one of the, if you fit into either one of those groups, get a life. I I both. I'm in both. Shout out T Swift. I'm secretly a fan. I'm just that the, her fan base is so like rabid and insane that they will like somehow they'll pick up football and within like 3 weeks they'll be like NFL coach level knowledge. They'll know every yeah. coverage, yeah, they'll know yeah, every yeah. play and every playbook. Probably. They'll be like calling out plays and schemes like as they go up to the line, and then it's they're just good. <laughs> I don't see an issue with that. No, now, I don't either. Now, Helps the NFL out. Yeah, it does. exactly. I just it's, I just think it's funny because it's it's already it's already kind of started. I've seen a few tweets where it's like Taylor Swift fans like breaking down what exactly what's <laughs> happening on the field to the other fans that don't quite get it yet, and it's just like within three weeks we're gonna have like a some. Deep football takes from like a Taylor Swift stand account on Twitter, and it's gonna be incredible. I'll say this: I gotta make this point. I did my film. I I, I did some film review on this. Uh, when they left the game, he was not holding her hand. They're not dating. That's all I gotta say. Did he's anybody shy. else notice that? That's he, weird to me. Yeah, dude. Truman, would you be doing that? I don't know if I would. If I with had Taylor Swift? On. Are you kidding me? If of you course. had that many cameras on you? Oh yeah. Oh, fair enough. I'd be, I'd be flaunting Better my man wealth. than me, I guess. I'd be Taylor Swift, listen, wealth. if you want someone to hold your hand, Truman Bartman on the show. We have him right here. <laughs> We're looking to make Taylor Swift a friend of the show. <laughs> Please. Yeah, that's such good marketing. Why didn't we think of that? That's so obvious. God. Hmm. You should have Taylor Swift on the show. Is that it for the NFL then? I think, I think so. I think we'll move on to the NHL. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just want to announce I think that we should do the Ryder Cup. Yes, I oh, actually, yeah. yeah Can we just do ahead. that quickly? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Okay, um, just going to preface before we start. Um, one of my friends, Landon, he is a fan of the show. and he's, Shout out, Landon. And he's very, very angered that we don't ever talk about golf. Um, before we had Will on the show, I was kind of the only one that somewhat paid attention to golf, if I'm not mistaken. I not mean, a I know a guy. few yeah. of the players just from watching, like, sports center. Yeah, like, uh, okay, so I, I pay attention to it quite a bit um, just because I enjoy playing golf, and I realize now I used to be one of those kids I was like, who watches golf? It's really boring. Now it's like it's like some sports some people don't find baseball interesting to watch. It's I find it interesting to watch because I could never do what they do, so I find it interesting in that way. Anywho, do you guys know what the Ryder Cup is? How it works. So there's two teams from what I've heard, Team USA, and then, of course, the other country, Team Europe. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Laugh at that. <laughs> the two countries, <laughs> America and Europe. Those yeah, are the only yeah it's, t- it's, it's weird how they format it, but it's basically a team golf tournament where a player from one con- from the U.S. and a player from Europe face off in um, a hole or a couple holes, I believe it is, and then whoever wins the hole gets a point for their team. And then by the end of the four four rounds, most points wins. I it, have I have like the actual like 
uh, match rules. Like, rules. Oh, here. if you want to just like, like sort of dumb them down, up. that would be interesting for the viewers to know yeah. how it works. Because so, this is our first time we've ever talked about golf on this really? show. We've never talked about. Well, this is a perfect because I I am the only news. person that really sort of paid attention to it. So we never really talked about it, which is understandable. Okay, so the Ryder Cup defines itself as a biennial men's golf competition between teams from Europe and the USA. Uh, it's hosted every two years. It's kind of like a World Cup format kind of thing for yeah. other sports. Okay. Um, and so pretty much there, it's a three-day event, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And the first two days uh, is four-ball match sessions is what it's called and essentially it's 2v2 match play uh everybody plays their own ball uh two guys from usa two guys from the european teams and the lowest score between the four players gets a point for their team okay so you guys understand how how it works so Rory mcelroy and brooks kepka and then ricky fowler and somebody else from europe play if Ricky Fowler gets an eagle, he's the lowest score. He gets the point for the U.S. Yeah. Okay. And Makes then sense. by the end of the week, end? You have to get to 14 and a half points, whatever team. Yeah, because you can also split yeah. points. If, okay. if you tie a hole, it's split points. Each mm, team so gets a point half five. point. Okay. Oh, so it depends on the hole then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, like if there's if matters. all four people get birdies, I was then thinking, it'll be a point five, point five. See, okay. I was thinking the entire course, like whoever has the lowest score at the end of the course mm. gets one point. It's no, because yeah, there's so many players hole. per team. Um, well, there's twelve players per team. Um, they do it per hole. That'd be a long okay. tournament if it was. And sometimes, yeah. I, yeah, I, so I if I don't <laughs> get mis- if I'm not mistaken, they don't use every hole on the course. They use like the toughest. Oh, by okay. handicap index, which oh, is like okay. the toughest hole. Oh, really? I want to say that's how it works. Yeah, Taylor, um, I think you're right. Uh, so if, say, the 16th hole, it, based on scoring average, so what people actually score on it, yeah. that's the holes they usually play. Okay. I want to say they don't go 1 through 18. Okay. They go, like, they might be on 2, and then they might go up to 15. And then it, I think that's how it works. I could be wrong. Yeah, I that makes sense. don't watch a lot of Ryder Cup, even though it's – probably the most exciting tournament in the year besides maybe the masters but because golf is an individual sport it doesn't it's not as like hype when something good happens it's more just a lot of clapping whereas this everybody shows up everybody's partying the grants there's a grandstand on every single hole that gets played i know that for a fact this is what live is meant to be pretty yes yeah the The whole live golf thing is supposed to be like it's supposed to like if you guys have ever seen happy gilmore yeah, yeah. It's like that kind of vibe where they're all very like, you know, excited for it to be. It's more. It feels more like a hockey game. Is it like I know there's that one tournament, the waste the waste management, waste management, waste yeah. management yeah. that has. Okay, yeah. so you know how the waste. Fun management. fact: I've played that hole. Sick. Really. But anyways, yeah, yeah I played cool. it. Yeah. So waste management. That one hole is crazy. The Ryder Cup. It's every single hole they play. There's. Fifteen thousand fans in a grandstand around the hole that all go crazy, and okay. the players go a lot more crazy. You know, you might get the odd like fist bump usually, or you know, like the classic like yeah when you do something good. Like you see people tossing clubs across the course when they when they do something good in this. It's a lot more. It's because it's for your country. I think it's just a lot more um, immersive, I guess, and and it it ends up being way more exciting. Like if you had to if you had to watch a golf tournament as someone that doesn't enjoy golf, yeah. The excitement factor in this one is a lot 
better. Even if you don't understand golf, mm-hmm. it, it you can see when something good happens. Everybody kind of goes crazy. And so it's in Italy this year. Europe is hosting because it, it switches every two years. Yeah. It's, yeah. So one side kind of. I, and if is, I'm not mistaken, this course, the the one of the one of the two courses was built to like specifically to have fans at it. Yeah. Which isn't really like a golf course kind of thing. No, they don't ever design it that no. way, right? Um, okay. But yeah, so that's the first, the match play is the first of the two formats on the first two days. The other one is uh, alternate shot. 2v2 which is another alternate shot. interesting way to play yeah. golf. I, I think I heard Brooks Kepka on an interview say, He's really excited to play alternate shot because if he hits his shot, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. It's just up to his teammate. He's just got to rely on his teammate to hit a good yeah, shot. Yeah, it could that. end up being a little bit of fire because if you hit yeah. a real bad shot, then your teammate might get screwed over, and that ends up – it's a lot more teamwork. Um, do you guys understand kind of how alternate shot works? You basically – one guy shoots, then the next guy has to shoot. The last guy has to shoot. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's always a fun uh, format. I like playing out with my friends. That's um, fun. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be interesting as well because it just ma- it makes it more of a team game, even though it's an individual sport. Um, I wouldn't yeah. want to play with Patrick Cantlay for that. That's all I'm going to say. It take you out of your rhythm completely. Yeah, it's as true. He's one very of the slow. historically most slow golfers. Yeah. I, whoever, if I'm on Team USA, I am praying, and he's a great player, but I'm praying not to play with him. Yeah, that's what I'd say. So. Um, and I don't think they've released. Uh, pairings yet. They haven't released pairings. They've released teams. We want to go through the team. I'm guessing Spieth and Tom. Hold on, hold on. Okay, one last event on the Sunday is uh, solo play, so regular golf, Mm -hmm. and it's for one point the entire match. So I think they they play 18. They play 18. Okay, so that one's at 18. That's that's like a crucial like. So I'm guessing you have to win your matchup. So I'm guessing they do in pairings of four, and it's probably two U.S. two Europe per Um, hole, and they play a whole 18. Is what I'm thinking it does. Yes, I think so. And then you finish with a three under par, and the other guys finish with one. Obviously, you, you win, win your point yeah. for your team. I'm thinking it's probably 2v2, so they can split it both ways. So, like, you know, if Spieth beats yeah. Sepp Straka or whatever his name is, then he gets the point for US, and then the other two in the pairing. Yeah. Same thing. So, do you guys want to go over Team USA? I can do Team Europe. Okay, before we do that, just looking at the team on your computer, Truman, who do you think is going to win? Uh, I would say Team USA. I think they have more firepower up front. I think Kepka's a dark horse because he's on live and Which people is surprising. don't watch live. Yeah. And he just won a major This too, is another right? huge thing that has gone on before we get into the teams. A lot of the guys got I, let out. I left. did see. I, I did kind of follow that a little bit during the summer was the merger between Live and PGA. Which was a very, very big thing. It if you think about it, it's never really happened in any other professional sport because there's not really any other leagues that compare. That. No. The only other time that's ever really happened was the rumored Super League for um, soccer a couple years ago yeah. where there was a bunch of teams that were going to go and play in this league and they wouldn't be able to play in any other league. Ended up not working out, but now that there's this merger, there's still a lot of sour sour and bitterness in the air because there's only one live guy on team us everybody else didn't get invited back dustin johnson didn't get invited back um the shambo even though i don't i don't think the shambo would have made it yeah but um so there's only one deserves to be there i think i I agree he won a major it's just kind of funny how you see like yeah it's you could tell you could tell 
there's there's still some very much bitterness in the air. Yeah. The chairman of the PGA. Um, and Tiger Woods has obviously been a very big advocate for why this should not have happened, so he's very sour on it. Rory McIlroy as well has definitely dis- voiced his displeasure on the whole situation, which is completely understandable. All these guys are kind of going for money, um, which, I mean, for the older players that have kind of done their thing in the PGA, understandable. You're just trying to help your, set your family up for the rest of their lives, so I can understand it. But these young guys that are like Cameron Smith, um, some of those guys, players that could easily be multiple major winners that He's are so deciding. good. He's very yeah. good. And He's that so are deciding, you know what, I'm going to go for the money. Kind of tarnishes tough. your career yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah. Anyways, that doesn't matter. It, there is one. <laughs> so we can go through both teams, I guess. I really like uh, the other. I think there's there's three real big dogs on the U.S. I think, I think Morikawa and... And Scheffler, obviously, are the mm-hmm. other two. I think Spieth is right in there. He's a gamer, three-time mm-hmm. major champion. He's that guy. And uh, I find Spieth always just seems to show up in in the big in moments. These in these types of tournaments, he you only have to play one hole really, really well in the first two days, and then your final day, you can have had your practice to be able to go on to the to the full thing. We can just go right through the whole yeah. list. Just, um, Justin Thomas, I think, because he's. I get he's had the worst year of golf in his life, but he's had some time off, and mm-hmm. people get hot at different times. Mm-hmm. And I think just because of his his pedigree, like he's he, I think he's a threat. Mm-hmm. Shoffley's good. I, Homa, for how good he is, I'm worried about him because mm-hmm. he, like Homa, wins lots of tournaments. He doesn't win any any high stakes events, and he hasn't mm-hmm. played well in high stakes environments. It will so. it will be interesting because they've had a break. They haven't played in a couple of weeks at least now. It's been kind of like the off season, which is kind of weird because usually they do have when the Ryder Cup's on, they have more tournaments being played. But they've had a couple weeks off at least. Um, anyways, we can just go through the whole list. So for the U.S., they have Sam Burns, who's a younger guy, um, a couple wins on tour, I believe. Um, Three. I know we know he's no major. He might have five. No majors. Yeah, no majors. Um, Patrick Cantley, um, who ended the season very, very good. I think he had a win in the last like four tournaments did he not uh not this year he has six oh, career no, wins and he's won of, the FedEx um, Cup, so. Chilean guy uh you uh you're thinking of Hovland Hovland Hovland's sorry no Norwegian team, yeah. yeah um anyways Cantley Wyndham Clark uh another decent young guy um Ricky Fowler obviously was struggled for like eight years <laughs> and then finally came back and won a major this year um he's back in the in the team um He's playing quite good golf since his win. Brian Harmon, another guy who won, I think, recently as yeah, well. Yeah, he won the British Open. Can I say something about Brian Harmon? Yeah. There's no, like, and no disrespect whatsoever, but there is no way that he is on this team if he doesn't win the major. Like, I, no. I he was good a couple of years ago. I think he had a run at the U.S. Open one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, like, I, I think... I think this should be Keegan Bradley's spot, but because Harmon won a major, he was pretty much an automatic draw to get yeah. in. Yeah. I just... He's currently number nine on the world rank. Yeah. I, I, I also, you have to realize there's captains in this sport, which we will get to. Yeah. So it's all based on who they decide to pick. Um, we don't have a Tiger Woods this year to be picking a team, so that could also heavily make a difference. Well, Harmon, Harmon was like a points player. Like he, yeah, he, he, got, the auto, he got the auto draw. He yeah. Gets, yeah. Mm. Bradley would have been... Yeah, that's why I think like the auto draw is a tough one. Maybe uh-huh. you take two or three, but when you have a guy, and and I'm not a Wyndham Clark fan at all, 
but he won two tournaments this year. Yeah. He won mm-hmm. a major and he did, and he, I like he was competitive in lots of tournaments. Mm-hmm. Brian Harmon had one good tournament mm-hmm. and he's on the team. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that that's, can't. That's the thing too with some of these the USA points selection players: Homa, Harmon, and Wyndham Clark. They're all Ryder Cup rookies. Mm-hmm. First, I'll get into this later, but the mm-hmm. Europe only has one rookie that was mm-hmm. like a points player. Yeah. Um, so Brian Harmon, Max Homa, we already talked about another very decent golfer, young guy. Um, Brooks Kepka, of course, can always shine in big moments. He seems that he struggles sometimes, and he kind of goes into the shadow, and then all of a sudden you just see him kind of pop out of nowhere, and then he's the face of golf for like a month. Um, Colin Morikawa, another guy that's like was so good when he first started, and then he's kind of just leveled off a bit. Um, he's still a very good golfer. I'm not saying that he's not a good golfer, but he was out of the out of the gates when he was a young guy, just got his card. He was very, very, very good, and then he's kind of leveled off. He had a couple yeah. second place. I, I was going to say, year. I thought he finished the yeah. year really well. I like he did, I he did. Appearance. I'm just saying, like he he started like a house on fire. Yeah. He was the best thing in golf. Um, and then he's he's slowed down a little bit, and then at the towards the end of the season, he's before this tournament, he's played better. Xander Shoffley, another guy, same thing kind of ended a little bit hotter. Um, he's a very good golfer. I like Xander Schauffele. Technically could play for Europe as well. He's actually born in Germany. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, man. his dad is German. Okay. Um, so decided to go for the U.S. He's technically born in the U.S., so I guess I don't really know how that works. Scotty Scheffler, world number one still, I want to say. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's a world number one for a reason. He's a very, very, very good golfer. Um. Spieth, same thing. Obviously, one of those guys um, struggles at times, but he also just pulls it up whenever he needs to, and he ends up being – he's one of the better short game guys in, in the PGA. Um, and then his good friend Justin Thomas, who is another very, very good golfer, one of my favorite golfers. Um, he has He's had some struggles this year for sure. I think he finished, like, bottom 10 uh, in the British Open. Ben. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't good. He, he had shot eighty two one. one day. Yeah, uh, he had a very very poor outing. I don't know there. if that was at the British Open. He, but he got he cut. I think he had yeah. two cuts this year. He was seventy yeah, first bunch, in yeah. the FedEx Cup rankings. Yeah, so like not a great so not that. a great year from him. But maybe with this win for the U.S., if they do get it, it might put him back on the right direction. And I mean, he's a year removed from winning a major, so like mm-hmm. he's, he's a it's not like he's been out of it. For like ten years, yeah, and, and exactly. Yeah, can we talk? Why is Zach Johnson the captain of the U.S. team? Two-time major champion. That's true, but I don't know if they're he's better than Fred Couples or Jim Furyk. I don't know how that goes. Well, into Fred play. Couples has been Fred Couples. I know as captain before. Yeah. Same with Stricker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how it works with the captaincy. How they decide that? Obviously, Tiger Woods has definitely been one before. Um, like Couples is uh, vice captain. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just saying, I wonder how they pick the actual captain versus yeah. the vices. Um, but, yeah, they go into who they decide to pick. It'll be interesting. Um, we can just quickly go into the Europe team because we talked a lot about the U.S., I think. Um, yeah, I, so for the European points players, uh, Roy McElroy, world number two right now. Obviously. Resume speaks for himself, yeah. yeah. John Rahm, same kind of thing. He's third. Uh, and then this was surprising to me, the third uh, player, third highest point player on the European list is Robert McIntyre, world number 55. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I've uh, never heard of him. Yeah, no, I hadn't either, but two DP tour wins. Other than that, I don't, I couldn't 
Hmm. Really fine. He's had some PGA Tour events. Rory beat him in the Scottish Open. Right. uh, Coming down the stretch there. But yeah, he's a rookie in the Ryder Cup. Uh, For the World Point players was Victor Hovland. He had a hot, hot finish to the season. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just had a hot whole season. Won the FedEx Cup. um, Mm -hmm. World number four right now. Matt Fitzpatrick. Tyrrell Hatton. Uh, I always like Tiro Hatton in yeah. these types of events. He's that kind of guy. He's very much like a team player, even though he's an energy guy. He's a very much an energy yeah. guy, glue guy, yeah. the Draymond of the team. Yeah, uh, he's the glue guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, captain's picks: Tommy Fleetwood, Sepp Straka, Shane Lowry, Justin Rose, uh, and a couple guys I hadn't heard of. Two rookies: uh, Ludwig Aberg. I know Ludwig Aberg won a tournament. Recently, well, he's straight out of college, pretty much. Yeah, I think he, he is like something Texas like A and M or mm-hmm. something. He like he won something right out of college, like very very soon after. Yeah, for PGA, he was he got second in the Kerala's Punta Cana Championship. Oh, that may have been what it was. Um, I've heard of him before yeah. from something that he did, but again, a very young guy. That's a he, wa- he was Texas Tech. Good guess, Will. That ain't a guess, Truman. That's, that's research. <laughs> uh, last guy on the list, Nikolai Hoygor. Hoygard, yeah, 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 you got it, you got it. Uh, another rookie. He, I, hmm. I don't. He's yet to prove himself. I think he's got a brother. I know that. Oh. I think he's a pretty good player. He's a, he's another one of those DP guys. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I th- I think Straka on this team is the. Uh, I think he if if they're gonna win, I don't know. Substrack has played like the best golf of his life the last three years, and I think he's dangerous. So that would be my uh, sleeper within them. Yeah, he had some high finishes. He is a rookie for Ryder Cup. That yeah, that was my point earlier though. For captains pick, captains picks. Team Europe has three rookies, which like might make you a little shaky on mm. how well they'll perform being their first. Uh, team tournament here um versus only one rookie on the actual point leaders but uh i don't know usa having three rookies on the point leaders makes you a little bit more shaky i feel like the top guys for europe are a little better than the the top top guys guys for the us i think so too i think that's gonna be interesting to see there's always people like shane lowry who can pull out of the bag too Another very decent golfer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think it's the Hovland, Ron, McRoy trio there. I think that's going to yeah. be the propeller. I think. I like. I like the big three there. I just think the U.S. has more. Yeah. Like in quantity of firepower. Yeah. I yeah. Think oh, definitely. More full throughout the roster. Yeah. But you never know. There's these young guys that are rookies that could go off. You mm-hmm. never know. It's because it, you. You haven't maybe been in those pressure situations as much, but who knows? Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Oh, who did who did I find? Sam Burns. This could be huge. He won the World Golf Championship Dell Tech Match Play tournament this year. Mm. That could be huge for the U.S. Having that a guy true. that's like, I don't, he's a match playing play a, guy. Playing I, in a think fun, playing I think Shoffley has before too. I want to say playing in a funky format. Yeah. I want to say it was with Ryan. Mm, was it with Ryan Palmer? I'm gonna look it up now. Uh, I swear Shoffley won one. Probably. Uh, he did with Patrick with Patrick Cantlay actually. So we could actually see them back together maybe. 
Mm, uh, might be interesting. That see. was in 2022, the Zurich Classic in New Orleans. They won. And they beat Sam Burns and Billy Horschel. Uh, so interesting. A little thing in there. So if you guys were to pick a kind of like a sleeper, like player, uh, yeah, like an X Factor player, who who are you taking? Mm. Um, For I'm Europe, sure. I'm taking Straka. I, I think he's the uh, make or break guy. I think he could absolutely come out and dominate. And mm. for the for the U.S., oh, I mean, I said Brooks Kepka, but I, 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 we know he's going to be good. I think, I, I honestly think it is how. How good between Kepka and Morikawa? How good they can be? Like we know they're going to be good, but can they reach that that next level? I think they will, and that's why I'm taking like Team USA. But so I guess they're my X factors, you could mm-hmm. say. But mm-hmm. they're not yeah. the top. They're not the top players on the team. Mm-hmm. So okay. um, my Europe is Tyrrell Hatton. Yep. I think you need a glue guy yep. in this type of format, and he's a hype guy. And he's going to make shots. I think it's just one of those things. He's going to go crazy. And uh, so I think he's just one of those guys he really gets – he benefits this format. Like, um, I think he's just one of those guys. So Tyrrell Hatton for Europe, uh, U.S. Mm, You know what? I'm going to go with a vet, Ricky Fowler. Okay. I think he locks in. He's one of those guys. Doesn't let anything shake him. Nope. Played some good golf this year. Yeah, I, I I think Ricky Fowler. Okay, I like it. Uh, I'm just gonna read off some stats that I collected here. So for Team Europe versus Team USA wins this year, Europe has 11 wins to USA's nine. In in majors, or in tournaments? Yeah, just PGA tournaments. Okay. Um, for FedEx Cup rankings, Europe has four of the top ten guys, and USA has the other six. Yeah, um, and fair. then world rankings, uh, Europe has top or six of the top fifteen, and USA has seven of the top fifteen. So I mean they're pretty pretty even. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I think a lot of the wins for Europe comes from the top couple guys. I mean, yeah. Rom has Rom has four. Um, Hovland has two. Rory has two. Yeah, so, so that's over half. Yeah, three that's guys. a lot. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of all I have though. I for for argument's sake, I'm taking Europe. Mm-hmm. But I do think USA is nice. Mm. It'll be interesting. It's they, a, I think it's a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. They haven't won in Europe since like '93 though. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Yeah. It's kind of embarrassing actually. Thirty years later, you never know. That's a story right there. Yeah, you guys the, got go- the golf course. I saw f- flyover of the golf course. Oh, yeah. Let's just say I would not be in contention. There's no. a lot of bunkers. Oh really? <laughs> a lot of bunkers. A lot of water. From a couple holes that I saw on I don't know. I was on the golf channel for some reason the other day, and I saw them fly over it, and I was like, there was one hole, dog leg, with like seven bunkers right at drivable distance, and then a island green, and I was like. Not my not my setup. So bogey gla- golf. glad I'm not. I would take it. Yeah, <laughs> triple bogey golf yeah. probably. Um, some of the par threes I heard were short though. There's one par three on the back that's like 110 yards. Really? So that might be a hole in one contest for sure. 
Oh, hell so yeah. it'll be interesting to see. But uh, it looks like a very nice course, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I, I know Thursday this week, which no. is interesting. But um, I think it's 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 a for fun tournament. Like as much as it is, mm-hmm. their stakes are high. It is for fun, so I think it's kind of nice to give them an extra day. The only thing that's tough about it being in Italy is time zones. Yeah, like, I think l- to that's watch true. this, you're gonna be up like oh, like in the I think the east. I think east. Eastern, it's at 1.30 a.m. Yikes. So not many people from the East Coast, I think, are going to watch it. West Coast, before you go to bed, I guess, watch a couple yeah, couple hours of it. But, um, I mean, those guys are all out there for probably at least a week in advance, especially since they haven't yeah. had any other tournaments coming in. So they're probably taking their vacation with their families, and then they're slowly making their way over. Yeah. So they're going to be all acclimatized, I believe. So I don't know. It's, it's going to be close, I think. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um. Well, we can go back to our regular scheduled stuff. <laughs> we just thought we'd throw something in there. Yeah. Well, I thought that I think that's great that we're kind of mixing it up here. Well, maybe start talking, you know, the Masters stuff like that. Yeah, we'll some of the bigger ones that we'll maybe chat about a little bit. But uh, the Ryder Cup's definitely, definitely the closest thing to more intense sport in that sport, if that makes sense. Like yeah. the more intensity um, yeah. is definitely the Ryder Cup. So yeah, we can move on to whatever you guys want. I think we'll go NHL. I was about to do that before we did the Ryder Cup so and I was going to make the announcement here and I want want to know your guys' thoughts on this I think I'm going to introduce a new segment for the NHL this year I kind of thought because we have the pick segment in the NFL which I think has kind of become a staple of the show so I want to introduce one for the NHL here going to do winners and losers so I'm going to because in this world there are winners and there are losers it is true so uh I'm going to pick three winners every week, three losers every week, and this can range from a player, a coach, to an act, to a team, a general manager. Like if a player, uh, one of the funnier ideas I was thinking of was if a player just gets the bag and gets completely overpaid by a team. I, might, a pick, I might pick the player as a winner for getting the bag, but team the is team a is a loser. So. Makes sense. Um, so yeah, I'm going to start doing that here. I think once the regular season starts, I don't buy into the preseason as much. Mm-hmm. I, even though I know Flames fans were overly hyped after that 10 nothing win, which I know Taylor had mentioned earlier because he was referencing Rick Tockett saying, Canucks coach Rick Tockett saying that he felt like Sean Payton after that loss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, which uh, is pretty funny. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I, I, Obviously, you love it when your team wins ten nothing. Uh, I understand the hype from. Oh, I hate fans. that actually. I hate when that happens. Mm. But uh, I just don't buy into the preseason, and I should probably. They also did you see their lineup? They started yeah, the entire. Yeah, they started the Abbotsford Canucks minus versus Billy Vasily Pod Colson was the best player on that Canucks. And team. then the Flames had their full f- top two lines play. Yeah. So that's know. why I don't buy into the preseason. And may I remind Flames fans that Huberdo had a lot of hype in the preseason last year and we've seen how that turned out mm. so i guess i'll be the negative nancy here <laughs> uh speaking of preseason oh man the overreaction another one was to logan cooley's goal the other day absolutely unreal goal in um australia the coyotes were playing the kings there but uh like again it's preseason let's calm down here i it, you'd have thought after that tweet that he was going to be the next mcdavid which who knows? Maybe Logan Cooley goes out and puts up 150 points this year for all we care. But uh, I just, yeah, I, I try not to overreact to the preseason. Um, 
Here's some overreactions. Winnipeg's New Jersey is absolutely horrible. One of the worst jerseys I've ever seen. What do you guys think? Looks pretty bad. Agreed. I don't know if I've seen it yet. Yeah, you know how we talked about it was the one that you said the uniform looked like they were wearing jeans. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay, remember how we were talking about why they don't color match? Like you know the whole RBC logo on the Canadians, why it's the wrong blue? Yeah. The pants are a different color than the jersey. What the hell are they doing? Do you want to know what I think they're doing? I think they're too lazy to change it because maybe okay, but we could also those are those look like the pants from say their uniforms that they normally wear. I could see them just being too lazy and being like, ah, it doesn't need to change. Well, why would you spend money on new pants if you already have them? I also, exactly. do you think that there may have been a mistake media-wise and they didn't Photoshop it correctly or something? From our perspective, being people in the media, uh, maybe they messed up. I, I mean, they, I feel like when you're that big. like No, it's true. You yeah. shouldn't mess up. But. I feel like. I feel like they didn't mess up. It just up. looks like a mess up. It does. So. I agree. I think yeah. that they did that intentionally, but I, I could easily see them making a change before the season starts. Um, Maybe they just wanted people to see it. They messed it up on purpose so people would look at it. Maybe like, they put it out marketing. there because they're like, maybe people will like it. And what if people did? Then they would have kept it. And if people are like, no, don't play in this. I'm not going to be a fan of your team. Then maybe they'll change it. I just think they should have added a different color to yeah. it as well. Like put a stripe down the side or something to give it something. It just looks like it looks like you're wearing the wrong pants from a different team. Something similar, I guess, to what I remember would be, and just because it's my team, I remember the Golden Knights when they came into the NHL. All the, um, I guess, uniform concepts that they were wearing had them with the gray jerseys and white gloves. And I know there was a bit of overreaction to that. They ended up wearing gray gloves with the gray jerseys and then the white gloves with the white and then ended up wearing white gloves with the gold jerseys. But, yeah, so who knows? They could they could change it, just make the change before the season starts here. Not a big deal, but the jersey itself is They only horrible. use those jerseys a couple of times, six or eight times a year, don't they, too? Yeah. They're very rarely used, so if it is ugly, it is ugly. But um, Good jerseys, though. The new Edmonton and Calgary Heritage Classic jerseys, I absolutely love them. Uh, I know Truman has a different opinion on the Edmonton one just because of the number on the front. You don't really. I I, I, I thought the logo was bad too, well. but that's I, just me. Real, I I did like the logo, something different from the Oilers. Typically, only ever seen that classic circle emblem, which I get because it's a classic logo in the NHL. But I liked seeing something new from them, and I liked the Flames one as well. Thought thought looked very solid. Um, so yeah, my my thoughts with that quickly. Wish it was darker brown. I find that brown a little. The pants. The pants and the and the, and the gloves. I think they're different. Okay. Yeah. I wish they were like chocolate brown, not um, really light. I find it doesn't look as good. That's a fair. I, I, I like opposite, dark. I, yeah, like I like dark like that microphone. Really. Yeah, I find okay. the light like this looks not as good. Maybe that's my. Maybe it'll yeah. look better in real life as well. Pictures are always tough. Yeah, I just like. I remember Canes fan playing in a Heritage Classic. We had the dark, dark brown. Yeah, and like Carey Price wore the dark brown pad setup, and that was one of my favorite pad setups I think of all time. Maybe I'm biased, but the dark looked a little more classic. I find the lighter brown looks like it looks like Carhartt workwear that you'd wear to like paint your house yeah that's fair that's in my opinion definitely but a fair criticism i think who knows it, I, it might look better it's tough to see from a photo yeah um i think we'll move on here to the standings predictions for this episode so we're going to do the metro division standings metro metro 
Should I remind Ooh. Truman here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I so, got you. So, uh, gonna do my metro standings here. As I get my phone set up, you'll find this clip on the TikTok after the show. Which you should be following, by the way. Please if do. Not, if you're not following the TikTok, <laughs> you're a loser. If you're not following, what is wrong with you? <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, uh, get more in-depth into this after I go over the standings and Truman does his as well. So for the Metro Division here, I have the Carolina Hurricanes coming in at first. And I have them winning the President's Trophy this year. I think they're going to be a juggernaut in the regular season. At two here, got the New Jersey Devils. Could definitely be a cup contender this year. Three, got the Pittsburgh Penguins. Four, got the New York Rangers. And I have them taking the first wildcard spot in the East. I think it's going to be a loaded conference this year. Going to be a lot of teams looking to get in. At five, I have the New York Islanders. I don't think that they get in. And at six, I have the Columbus Blue Jackets. Seven, got the Washington Capitals. And at eight, I've got the Philadelphia Flyers. Truman, if you want to do yours now, take it away. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's pretty similar, but I, I have a couple of different flip-flops. Uh, I have the Devils, number one. I have them with winning the President's Trophy. I think they're young. They're youthful. Uh, and I think Akira Schmidt might be their starter this year, to be honest. I think he might take the reins from Vanasek. Uh, I got Carolina, number two. They're Carolina. There's not much more I can say. Uh, I got the Rangers, number three. Once again, they still got lots of firepower and uh, still some young guys in the wings. I think we, maybe we see Brendan Othman this year. He, he's a guy that I think could be uh, a difference maker in the in the bottom six and the early goings of his career. Then I got Pittsburgh. If you have Sidney Crosby, you make you uh, are a contender every single year. So uh, I have them in a wild card spot. I think they get in. And so that means that I have the Islanders out of the playoffs. Uh, although every time, and I'll say this, every time I predict the Islanders to ma- to miss the playoffs, they make it. And every time I predict them to make the playoffs, they miss it. I can't stand this team, one, because I'm a Leafs fan, but two, because this keeps happening. So, you know what? I probably have jinxed it, and they're going to make it. But I have them missing. Washington, I think they're older now. They're not as good as they were at one point, uh, and I think their defense is a little shaky. So, I don't. Know. I have them in six. Columbus, they're still young in seven. Made a couple okay additions, but not going anywhere. And Philly is one of the worst teams in all of hockey, and I got them in at eight. So I guess to get more in-depth here, first off, I'm going to take some victory laps from last season because on this show, I was adamant all year. I don't think that the Carolina Hurricanes were going to win the Cup. I was 100% sure of it. And I'm going to be honest, I was completely right. Well, there is only one I, team that wins. That's so what I was going right. to say, Taylor. That's what I was going to say. They were a top-four team in hockey, so I—, I but to be fair, like I did say, I could see them making the conference finals. I just wasn't buying into the Stanley Cup hype around that team. And I'll be honest, their defensive stack, you cannot deny that. You cannot deny the depth that they have. But as I've preached last year, they don't have that top score. And maybe Svechnikov could have been that guy if he was healthy. But I know that the Carolina Hurricanes have kind of went all in on Sebastian Ajo, which I think that... He's a good player, don't get me wrong. He's just, he's not going to be the top guy on the Carolina Hurricanes. Sorry. Malfunction, what? malfunction. Uh, Truman okay. doesn't know about no, his computer, and he doesn't know that his thing doesn't have that, a I wish USB. we had that on video. That, that was, was actually hilarious. Oh, okay. I was waiting for him to figure it out, because these MacBooks do not have the 
plug-in for the old Apple cord. I got it like two, or not even two, maybe two weeks ago. Two so weeks he's ago. like sitting here, like staring at it. Like, I'm like, can I not plug in my phone? Do I yeah. go across the room? But Suffering yes. from success. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Technology upgrades sometimes yeah. set you back. Anyways, I'll continue on that train that I was on. The hockey media used to be all over Washington, and even they were all over Colorado, and I didn't think that the Colorado criticism was fair. The Avalanche had only been in the playoffs for a couple years prior, um, and they were all over those teams for not being able to get done in the playoffs. Where's that same criticism for the Carolina Hurricanes? I don't see it with them. And they, I think they haven't really proven much in the playoffs um, to get... Uh, everyone seems to bow down to the Carolina Hurricanes every year, which I understand, great team, but they don't get it done in the playoffs, and I don't understand why they don't get the same criticism as, say, the Capitals did. Or e- even I thought the Avalanche criticism was completely unfair at the time. They were a young team, and they don't get the same criticism as them either. So my my complaint here is why not why not give that same coverage to Carolina? I'll, I'll say it like this. Be, my, my reason for that is, one, the Capitals had Ovechkin, so he's a worldwide covered guy, obviously, Ovechkin was the one that was more so attached to that, and because he's one of the be- was one of the best players, he was covered more. Carolina, small market. They don't really have that buzzing superstar that everybody's talking about. And so in Carolina, they're probably like rotten on, on they the They get kind of swept under the rug a lot. And that's why the Leafs, when everybody says, why do they talk about them or the Oilers so much? It's because we're in Canada. We hear about it more. I'm sure if you were going to say, NTSN is in yeah. Toronto. It's like the Raptors. Same thing. They're just the most covered team. Exactly. We never hear about the Minnesota Wild in Minnesota. I mean, especially there. It's a hockey culture. You'd hear about them that's all the time. That's a fair so that, criticism as that, well. That as would the, be my reasoning for that. And that's a fair, definitely fair point about the Wild because they've lost, I think it's now eight straight first-round matchups. Yeah, and we never hear about that. And the Leafs was an ongoing thing, which was fair. But it's just where, where, you're, Where's the where, same where you're regionalized, I guess. But the Leafs won, lost more than eight. Uh, I don't think they... No, they didn't. Because, okay, let's see. Let's see if I can go through my trauma list here. Boston, Washington. <laughs> oh, so it's 2010. Back-to-back Bostons. Columbus, Montreal, Tampa. So that's seven. So, so they hadn't made the... Pl- I thought they hadn't made it since, like, 2006 or something. So uh, they had one since 2004, and they beat Philly to go to the second round, I think. Or so was it Ottawa? No, it was Philly. Oh, and all the other years before. you're talking, they hadn't made the playoffs at all, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. But. So, I guess we'll get into this season for Carolina. I want, As I mentioned, they're going to be a regular season juggernaut. They made some moves in the offseason that I definitely think make them better. But I think they still have that issue of they don't have that top guy. As I mentioned, the jury's out on Svechnikov, but he hasn't quite proven it yet. Um, so, yeah. New Jersey, uh, Truman, uh, plugging in his phone here. I think I'll wait for him to give his take on Carolina. I got you. Here. I got you. Uh, yeah. On Carolina? Yeah. Uh, I think they're a really good team. I think they got a really nice goalie tandem. Freddie's my favorite goalie ever, so maybe a little bit of bias sprinkled in there. But uh, yeah, Korchkov or however you say Kochakov. his name. Yeah, he, he's a he's a but great is, player. Is he even their backup? Because I know they still have Ranta. Uh they do, but I think by the end of the year they're gonna they're gonna lean on the youth a little more. I think uh, they should maybe trade a guy there. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Just bring in Kochekov as your. I agree. I think Kochekov's more dessert. Or he's proven that he's deserved. Yeah, he was good last a year. A spot on the roster. So uh, that defense is like having a good offensive line in a sense for yeah. a running back. Like they, I, I'm sure that that Freddie is is a little bit weaker than he actually is. But that defense is is quite the unit. They got Tony D'Angelo, who's 
awful in his own end, mind you, but he's he's going to be good on offense, and I could see him taking more power play time, honestly, away from Brent Burns. I think they could cir- circle back around and go to what worked a couple years ago, uh, and I think their youth is really good, too. Uh, Natius and Jarvis, and, and they still got uh, like Nick Suzuki's brother, Ryan, I think. Yeah, Vasily Pomeranov. Like, they got some guys in the system who maybe could flirt their way onto the roster this year. Uh, yeah, I think Carolina's solid and will continue to be for quite a while. Now we head to the New Jersey Devils. As I mentioned, they have become a contender. And I think maybe they could use a better guy in goal. Schmidt showed flashes of being that guy last year. I thought he was very good in the Rangers series, especially standing toe-to-toe with the guy at the other end, Igor Shesterkin. I'll get into the Rangers on that series. It's I'm doing the opposite of victory laps for that team. I was completely wrong. but um, And I don't really think Vanacek... He's not good enough, I don't think, to take him on a deep run. So I do wonder maybe, you've seen Hellebuck's name out there, and I'm going to jump ahead here to the Flyers. You've seen Carter Hart's name out there. Maybe can the New Jersey Devils pull off a trade for a stud goalie, which I think would take them to even that next level of Stanley Cup contenders. The one complaint, I guess, that you could use against the Devils for not being one is that they don't have the experience, which I think does matter in a playoff run you've seen it with recent champions vegas colorado tampa all got a lot of playoff experience before they got over that hill so we'll see whether that does play a factor with the devils um truman i want your take on the devils i I think the devils are an absolute absolutely fantastic uh i was wrong about jack hughes i didn't think he was going to be a bust ever but i remember after his first year i was like ah you know what this guy is i don't i don't really know what he is and i remember going to the saddle dome when the Devils are in town and watching them, and I have never seen a guy stand out so much in a, in a hockey game. Now, I've never watched McDavid or Crosby play before. I've watched Matthews and Marner. Uh, Jack Hughes was it was something else. He did things that I haven't seen in a hockey game live in uh, quite a long time. Uh, so he's impressive. Timo Meyer's a great player, uh, and they're young, they're youthful, and I, I like what Lindy Ruff has done there, and I'm not a Lindy Ruff lover, but... He, I, Hey man, he, he's whatever a good he's coach doing, he's for a young team though. Uh, he he has whipped them into shape, and and I, I get what you're saying about the goalie. I think Hellebuck's an option. I won't comment on Carter Hart, uh, but I uh, I think Soros. I think if they sold the farm for Soros or Askarov, even like one of those two Ooh, Nashville goalies, those, because I I, I love that take. I love because that take. Nashville has been rumored to be getting like trying to move a goalie here, uh, and we know they're gonna have to overpay for Saros. Like he they're gonna have to give up so much. He's fantastic. But why not Askarov is a first round pick. We don't really know what he is. Why not take a chance on him? Now he's gonna be young, just like Schmidt, but who knows? I I I think Soros is more in the cards than people think. That's hot take, but Yeah, uh I think we'll bring up now to moving on to the team I had at third, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hey, they actually made good transactions this off season. Wouldn't you know, they're not just running it back with the same guys again. And I think a huge reason for that, they got rid of the old management. Ron Hextel, I think, did a horrible job there. Brian Burke, too. Put his name in there. I want to flame him as much as I can. Brian Burke. Oh, Horrible job. I'm emphasizing the horrible because it was bad what they were doing there. 
And I, Kyle Dubis Truman, you know him. He's fantastic. I think, I think he's a fantastic GM. I thought he did a great job in Toronto. To me, he Agreed. was never the reason that they didn't get over the hill. He was definitely was just, not the reason. He gave them everything they asked for. He gave them everything, did, he he gave did everything, everything that they asked for. He improved the defense. He got him Ryan O'Reilly last trade deadline. Their, their offense is not the a depth problem. Improved with Noel Achari as well. Yeah, Luke time. Shen. I, I am a Dubis homer. I, I think he's fantastic. I think he's a genius. And, and uh, I like his ways. I really do. And the two big additions, I think, for Pittsburgh, the huge one being Eric Carlson, definitely improves that team's, I guess, the offensive-defensive side for that team. Going to be huge on that power play there. Could have a loaded power play with Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and Yensel. Uh, I think if, if they're all on the same unit, that's going to be dynamite for the Penguins. Might be. I'm thinking it might be a close to an Edmonton Oilers last year power could, play. Could Ooh. definitely be. If it works well, it could happen, I think. And the other off-season addition for the Penguins that I like, and this is me being a Golden Knights homer completely, but I love Riley Smith. Loved him on Vegas, unfortunately, for cap reasons. Couldn't couldn't keep him. It is what it is. I, I, I will say that I'd rather Ivan Barbashev over Riley Smith. That's just my take. Um, a lot of people disagree and say Riley Smith, and I'll, I'll, I'll listen to that argument. But there's no hurt feelings with Riley Smith. I hope he does well in Pittsburgh. Loved him on Vegas, character guy. I think all Golden Knights fans loved Riley Smith, so I hope he goes to Pittsburgh and finds success there. Maybe he plays on Crosby's wing. I do got to ask, though, uh, for you, Clayton, for a team like Pittsburgh, who, and this is not my words, would say pretty much they don't have a superstar. How can they... No, they do they, have a superstar. Who's they the superstar? Sidney Crosby is an elite player. But but he's ranked 18th in your in your top 20. I had to bring this up. I, I okay. had to. I've been thinking so about you wanna, it. So you know oh, what? God, I've been thinking you about it. You know what? Oh, here here we go. The gloves are coming <laughs> off when it comes to Crosby. So here, I, I have him ranked 18th, but me and Terrell had talked about this. I don't think that those rankings matter as much because to me, you could argue... If you argue Crosby's the 10th best or 12th best player in the league, I'll say here... Or, yeah, I think his tier goes up to 14. So if you argue that Crosby's the 14th instead of 18th, I'm not going to put up an argument. I think that this should rather be judged with tiers. So here's the tiers of NHL players I think Crosby's in the same tier as. Braden Point, Mitch Marner, Brad Marchand, Kirill Kaprizov, Jack Eichel, who we're not going to discuss. I know you want to bring up Eichel, but we're not going to discuss him because you think he's the 40th best player in the league, and you will not convince me that he's the 40th best player in the league, and I won't be able to convince well, you. Because you're a Golden Knights fan, yeah. I won't be able to. I think a lot of people, though, this summer would agree that Jack Eichel's in the top 20, but I'm not going to be able to convince you of that, so we're just going to end it off there. Roman Yossi, Elias Pettersson, Jack Hughes, and Tage Thompson. You got into Jack Hughes. You think he's an elite player? I do. So... I'm not insulting Sidney Crosby when I say that he's in the same tier as Jack Hughes and Tage Thompson. Tage, who we praised, I think, more than any other player on this show last year. Well, didn't he have a five-goal game? Yeah, there was Tage watch on the one, yeah. so it was a lot of fun. Yes. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. One of the best armchair athletes moments, I think, from last year. But Braden Point, Mitch Marner, all those guys are elite players. So I'm, And I think I bring up the Carolina Hurricanes because I think Sebastian Ajo is literally two or three tiers below those guys that I mentioned. So these are all guys that can lead their team to, I think, Stanley Cup championships. These are all top. Crosby's done it. And Crosby's done it. He's still an elite level player. So I don't think that I'm insulting Sidney Crosby when I say he, sorry, just 
I After you finish it, and then I got to chime in. But yes. At the age of 36, I think it's actually remarkable that Crosby's still in that group of elite players with Braden Point and Jack Hughes and Tage Thompson. And I think, if anything, I'm complimenting him, saying that he's still with those guys and that he's still, like, I think Jack Hughes could lead his team to a Stanley Cup. I think Sidney Crosby can still do that. I just don't think he's on the same level as, say, a Nathan McKinnon or Austin Matthews. How many points did Crosby have last year off the top of your head? 80. 92. 93. Ooh. In 82 games. So he was he which, was which 10 is, points above. Which is Jack Hughes numbers, which is Tage Thompson numbers. For last year, yeah. Yes. But that, when you look at points, that does not take into okay. Okay, I'm gonna ask. The, I'm gonna switch this up. Play away from the game, but okay. I'm gonna switch this Taylor up. Was gonna. Historically, historically, yes, he's top ten player. Yes, uh, oh, top five. I, th- player. I think he's the fourth best player all time. Most people exactly. will argue. I probably put him five. Yeah, that's well, okay. So most, see what we're saying here. Yep. I'm, I'm no, trying to be. Part, yep. I'm trying to be in the middle here. For sure. No, I got, <laughs> you, I got so you. We got some neutrality. We gotta. We gotta. The only <laughs> the only three guys all time that I have ahead of Crosby. Gretzky. Gretzky. Lemieux. And Orr. And I think Howe's just behind. I'd have Howe ahead, but... You think Orr is better than Crosby? Orr only oh, played yeah. for like yeah. eight years. Well, Orr's, no, Orr's, Orr's peak is... Generation. Yeah. He only played for like nine years, though. Uh, his peak yeah, was, but was so good. He, was, yeah, he, won, he won, I think, scoring titles as a defense, as a defense which is yeah, unprecedented. He did, he did things that are unheard of. I True. I okay. get your point there. Um. Anyways, I think what Clayton is saying is very valid because he's talking about this year, this last year. This last year, you must agree, Truman. He was not a top five player. And uh, not argue, at all. No, top ten. Uh, no, he was top ten for sure. 100%. You think he was top ten yeah. even last year? Yes. 100%. So I think if you look at his last five years, did he play all year last year? Ah, uh, yeah, played all, played every single game. Okay. If you yeah. look at his last five years, there's one year that he's been a top five player. I'd argue, maybe two. The one year definitely that I'm thinking of was the year prior to last, the 2021 to 22 season. I think he definitely looked like a top five player. And I believe he got a Hart nomination that year as well. Looked great in those playoffs. But prior to that, if you even just look at his playoff stats, prior to the 2021 to 22 season, got stuck on my words there, they weren't great in the couple years prior. He had, I believe it was against the Islanders in 2021, had two points in six games, which is very disappointing. And it was a close series. Had he, let's say he was close to point per game in that series, the Penguins probably move on. Mm-hmm. That's, I know there's, I everybody there's has their down. outlandish there. I, I think you could put him a little higher, but I don't think it's that, that, that bad that he's that low. I, I don't because I think what he does away from the puck is... One has been generally generational his whole career and mm-hmm. and has continued to be. If you watch a hockey game, I I marvel when I watch hockey games because of the little things that Sidney Crosby does that nobody and I mean literally nobody in the game of hockey can do. Mm. I am the biggest Austin Matthews fan ever. He is my favorite athlete period of all time, and I would say that he there are things that that he can't do that Crosby does. Crosby's playmaking ability is is mm. underrated. I think. Mm. Uh, I no, at 37 a, to have he, 93 points is And he ain't ridiculous. slow. Crosby ain't slow. No. Uh, he's The work he does in the corners, th- there was a pass he made last year to Jake Gensel, cutting around the back. He looks like he's going to move it around the boards to the defenseman, taps it with his toe, and it ends up right on Jake Gensel's stick mm-hmm. up front. He didn't even look at Gensel the whole time. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not denying his yeah, talent he, whatsoever. He is, he is in my... In my eyes, he does things that I, I can't explain. Yeah. And when I see that, you, yeah, the, the, what he does away from the puck is more impressive than I would say almost any player in hockey. 
McDavid with the puck, of course, is more dangerous than anybody overall, and that ain't close. Away from the puck, I don't think there's anybody better better than Crosby. I really don't. And I agree with you on the little things. Like, I think he's still got the best backhand in the NHL. Um, I don't even know if there's anyone that would come close to, I think, Crosby on that regard. But I'd argue the there's an argument to be made, though, that Crosby doesn't have the Matthew doesn't have Matthews's goal scoring ability that doesn't come close to Matthews's goal scoring ability that he has right now. I agree with well, I agree with the with the goal scoring ability, but I I think that Cro- the rest of Crosby's game is so good. If you he's put Crosby much, on, he's a much better playmaker is, than Austin. Matthews. If you put Crosby on the Leafs tomorrow, they are the odds-on favorites favorites to win the cup, and it isn't close. I you really think believe if that. you, but okay, if you replace Austin Matthews with Sidney Crosby, yes, I think I think that I think they are looked at as a much better team. Okay, than Austin be, Matthews. I I think he's better than Matthews. Fair I enough. do. And yeah, and I I'll remind you again. I said this before, but I, I don't I don't think Crosby's a bad player by any means. Like to say that he's in the same tier as Jack Hughes and Tage Thompson doesn't mean I think he's a bum. It just means. Not as good as he used to be, which happens. He's 36 years old. You like, can't say you cannot say he's as good as he used to be. Well, that's comparing. Like you can't that's really why make that comparison. Like, like that. Like, but that's Crosby what, was a 110 point guy. Like he's his peak he was, was so much better than any other players. But in, in a sense, that's how that his peak. his drop off can't be that far. Like if we're ranking players by their peaks, Crosby's second on this list behind only Connor McDavid because I I truly believe McDavid's the best player we've ever seen. But I'd put Crosby ahead, but that's just... That's and that's just that's a fair argument yeah. to make. So let's say Crosby is number one at his peak on this list of players in the league right now. But I'm thinking if you look at the player right now as they are in, in 2023, I have Crosby outside the top 10. So his you said he was top five last year, though? I just want to get this in. I know I'm... 21 to 22. Last year you said he was 21 to 22, you think? No, oh. year 21-22, he was number five. So that was that not was a, last season, it was the year he before. He played like a top five player during that season, but I think if you were to look at, say, the couple seasons prior, and you factor in this last year they had, I can't say he's top 10. So you, But if you had him, at, I just want to know, if you had him at, at fifth in 21-22, yeah. after the next season in 22-23, he has dropped 13 spots in your ranking? I would, But again, I mentioned I factor in the two years two or three years prior as well where he didn't look like a top five player. So uh, if I'm looking at five years here, one of those years, and yes, it was very recent, looked like a top five player, played like a top five player. That doesn't mean that I think if I were to look at back last year, I would have had him say in the top five of like, if I had done this ranking last year, wouldn't be in the top five then either, but he'd have definitely been top 10 then. I say now he's fallen outside of that top 10. And I think that that's a completely reasonable argument to make. You're poking the bear, Clayton. You're poking the bear. Sid Sixero, this is a Sixero moment. All I'm going to say, I bet you has over 100 this year. Sid Sixero gave that take in 2015. It's 2023 now. It's a similar take. I Crosby is an ageless wonder. People said that, and I hate him. People said it about Tom Brady. He just kept winning somehow. Uh, and this is the only time you will ever hear me give credit to Tom Brady. But that is true. I, I think we the greats should, they stay great. I think we that's should wrap it up yeah, that's here on the Crosby thing because we've spent a lot of time on it, <laughs> and so yeah. Speaking of a lot of time, oh man, we're about to get to, into the New York Rangers discussion. This might be a marathon as well. They Don't we have big, class in thirty minutes? We have class in twenty nine <laughs> minutes. We are student media here. Yeah, so I think I, I'm going to try and keep this short. But they were the biggest frauds from last season. 
Still have world-class talent in Shesterkin and Fox, who I think can both win awards. Uh, Patience has to be running thin, though, with Cackle and Lafreniere. And then you're probably going to get point-per-game seasons out of Zibanejad and Panarin, but the question at this point is can they do it in the playoffs? Panarin was horrible in the playoffs last year. Moving on, the Islanders. Sorry? New haircut, though. Do you see that? (laughs) Yeah, true. Got maybe some new vibes there. Uh going to move on here the Islanders definitely a team I think can make the playoffs as I mentioned uh wouldn't be surprised if Sorokin literally carries them in but I could also see some kind of regression from Sorokin this year it's not uncommon for goalies and I don't think it's that out there of a take you've seen it from Shostyrkin last year who I think will bounce back so if there is any kind of regression there I think the Islanders can miss the playoffs Truman here do you have any different take there uh no i agree with you on both the both the new york teams i think you you pretty much hit it on the head there i think we agree with these next three teams as well columbus they're on the up i don't think they're a playoff team just yet do like the defense core there though capitals could find themselves having a bounce back season and make the playoffs but really just kind of feels like the best days for this teams or for this team is behind them I feel like the objective of this team now is just to kind of get Ovi the goal record, which I completely understand. You've gotten him his Stanley Cup. There's been the great success in the past. So, yeah, what do you have to say? Anything different there? Ovi's like 180 outright. Like he needs 180 more goals. No, I think he's... Is he not hit 800? He's 822. So, Crosby... Or, Gretzky's 894. Oh, to get the goals. Why am I thinking of a thousand goals? I sorry, I just had a mind blank. He Never might mind. get a thousand goals. I honestly could I think see he'll hit a thousand, but it's gonna be close. Anyways, he's gonna have a forty goal season. Three forty goal seasons. Sure. It's doable. Three forty goal seasons for is sure. Doable. Getting forty this year, so the he last might have forty last year. Season. He had forty last year. Exactly. The last take here that I have: Philly, they're bad. Um, Truman, are you? joining the show next week because i think we'll do the bedard discussion then we're running pretty thin on time yeah. here shout out bedsy by the way but uh or we could even do it on a future episode yeah I think for sure it's fair we'll make it work out yeah so i think we can definitely do the bedard discussion uh get more in depth truman on it on a future episode but we are running thin on time here and we need to get to the mlb so terrell go ahead we don't have that. to we don't have to talk about the blue jays at all they suck <laughs> Uh, they lost last night to the Yankees. Michael King is a very good pitcher. That's all I have to say about that. Unfortunately, they wasted a great start from Kevin Gosman because they forgot to swing how to swing a baseball bat again. Seven scoreless innings for Gosman, and again, he's an ace. So um, it was just disappointing. Uh, the other unfortunate thing is that the Mariners beat the Astros. So the Blue Jays' magic number, I believe, it's like it's really weird how it's working right now. I believe their magic number still dropped to three from four. Um Playoff odds, when I was writing stuff down yesterday, were 97.4. And now following that loss, the Yankees and the Mariners beating the Astros, uh, their odds have dropped to 94.8. The offense was dead last night. Uh, Romano should not be in games and non-safe situations. His stats get way worse. That should have been Jordan Hicks out there. There really isn't that much to say. I mean, Yankees ended up winning 2 nothing. Like I said, wasted a solid start from Kevin Gosman and... Uh, you know, hopefully they can turn it around. All that we need to do is have the Mariners lose two games. We just got to pick one up at some point. Magic number is three. So I still think they can make the playoffs. Um, I'm really hoping that they do. But, yeah, obviously not a good way to start off the last homestand before uh, end of the regular season here. There really isn't that much to talk about in the MLB. I think 
for me. That's pretty good. Unless Truman wants to talk about Garrett Cole and the season he's having. I don't know. Lone shout, bright spot I on the Yankees. Wanna, yeah, shout out go, Garrett Cole. That's all I got to say. Shout out Michael King. Also, I want to say about Gosman. I really like Gosman. He's super underrated. So when I saw him pitch good yesterday and the Yankees still win, best of both worlds. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I feel like that's kind of what's happened with Gosman to this point all year where he pitches well and they still don't really end up giving him any run support. Doesn't he have, like, the best FIP in baseball again? He's got to be it's close. It's up there. He's got to be close. There. Last year he had the best. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah. There really isn't that much to say, I don't think. I pretty much got through everything I wanted to talk about. Got to keep it short because, like we said, we got to get to class. So unless if you guys can think of anything else you want to talk about. I don't know. I think I might need something quick to eat before class. That's well, fair. That's fair. To drink. Some Mountain Dew. Some Mountain Dew, Clayton. I was about to say I, that Mountain Dew Code Red I had this morning starting to wear a little This thin, morning. So. Holy. Well, it w- I needed something to wake me up. It's a champion's breakfast. Okay? It is a champion's Listen, breakfast. Listen, Mountain Dew, if you're listening. Please. Take a sponsorship. I did send an email out to them last night. We've already made contact, so you better you better respond. You're going to be the, missing. The out ball here. is now in Mountain Dew's court. You have <laughs> an ups, an up and coming podcast here. We're like the Ken Walker of the podcast. Dude, I'll, I'll drink Mountain Dew for the rest of my life if I have to. You heard it here first. We will never drink water again. Oh, I already <laughs> will. I already will. Yeah, I was going to say Clayton's already on that train. Anyways. He's already a, <laughs> he already quit the water decades ago. Um, um, Will, do you want to get into any basketball? What's the latest news going on there? I'm tired of hearing reports about Damian Lillard yes, going to Toronto. To <laughs> I'm tired well, of it to too. Toronto too, but I they already like broke off the call, or, or they broke off the conversation. Every week, there's a new report that's like Miami is the top suitor for Damian Lillard. Like, yeah, you said Thanks, that boys. a month and a half ago, <laughs> and nothing has happened. So what happens when no trades happen in the offseason? They have to keep. Yeah, it has been a very boring offseason this year. As very boring. Who, yeah. As someone who isn't even close to the same analytical realm as you guys when it comes to basketball, man, I hope the Dallas Mavericks game. Why not? Why not get, yeah. get, get Damian and, and have I don't know. It didn't work with Kyrie Irving. I was going to say, let's get another Phoenix Suns <laughs> team out there. <laughs> Mavericks are going to trade any remaining defensive player <laughs> they have. Did they not get rid of Christian? That was Christian the worst fleet. Uh, they should have never got rid of Dorian Finney-Smith. No. And, never. And In a million years, of, they should have never got rid of Just to miss the playoffs? They got rid of Christian Wood as well. Who was their big man? Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a Dwight Powell, Dwight Powell Dwight show. He's cooking. Brandon Wright. Bronze no, medal bring Brandon winner, Wright Dwight Powell. Mm. Put some respect <laughs> on his name. True, mm. true. Yeah, that's all I got for basketball. I was gonna say I'm it's so it's been such yeah. a boring off season. Like, there's not really been anything going on. As the shout out to No Dunks podcast, it's slop season. Slop season. <laughs> I think. I think we're good then. Um, um, was a longer show, but I think it was good. We got some Ryder Cup in there, which I think was good to kind of mm-hmm. mix things up. Yeah, shout uh, out to uh, Lannon. Stop, stop nagging me about it now. Got dude. a like, lot of Sidney Crosby discussion on the show, so. If you're a Sidney Crosby fan, you're going to love this episode. And, uh, again, you know, everybody out there, if you're listening, follow us on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Follow us on TikTok. Follow us on Instagram. You won't want to miss out this next this next round of graphics. You're going to want to tune in to look at those. And make sure you listen to us on Spotify if you missed today. Yes, Spotify and, and Apple, Apple Music. Music. And, and if, you, Apple if you're Music. on Spotify, make sure you leave a review, please. Five stars. Unless unless if you think we don't deserve a five-star review, in which case don't even bother. Well, but no, do it, but at least comment so we know who you are. Four and a half <laughs> stars is good, too. If you, if, you give us a, if you give us less than five stars, I want to know who you are so I can talk to you personally. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that, thank that, you for Truman to coming on. Yes, that is, I appreciate, that it. appreciate like you having me again. 
That sounds like a threat. Sounds like a it's threat. because it is. It is a threat. Mm. Mm-hmm. I will. You can hold me to that. I will be coming and talking to you personally. <laughs> Thanks again. Yeah, Truman. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's always good always to be on with the boys. The first and maybe last edition of the early morning armchair athletes, but uh, thanks. Let's, let's if there's hope anyone so. out there tuning in, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you.